apologize to everybody. Uh, we need to just do our damnedest moving forward to make these things work. Uh, I am so very sorry that we had some technology issues this morning. Um, I am working to fix them. I know that was a promise that I made some time ago, but um, unfortunately, things things happen, and they happen for whatever reason right as we started the show today. So uh, we compounded those problems ourselves. Of course, that ends up being the case when uh, you're in a situation you didn't expect to be in, as you tend to make things worse than they were. But um, we're back, and we're going to try to pick things up where we were supposed to be. Why don't you go ahead and give Max a call, and we'll try to go from there. So very, 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 very sorry. Hope that we can at least get through for now, and then we'll try to permanently solve the problems uh, moving forward that we've been dealing with. Hi, it's Glenn Clark Radio. <laughs> Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. Yay! <sighs> Good to be with you. Good to be with you. Much to discuss on a Friday edition of the program. It's all brought to you by Glory Days Grill, where the seasonal menu is available with the comfort food classics that you love, like the uh, house-made meatloaf, the grilled meatloaf sandwich, the uh, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and so much more. At your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, get your order in right now by going to glorydaysgrill.com. I have not, unfortunately, because of the nature of uh, how the world has worked the last couple of years, I have not really had the opportunity to get to know our next guest, which is a bummer because uh, he's a very talented uh, person, so much so that he's being swooped up out of Baltimore and sent up to Bristol, Connecticut, where he's going to be uh, taking over as a sports center anchor moving forward. You've been watching him on WJZ, doing uh, news and doing sports the last couple of years. It's a pleasure to welcome into the program Max McGee, who's with us now here on GCR. Max, it's Glenn and Paul. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time, and congratulations on the new gig. Hey, man, thanks for having me on. What a hell of an introduction that was. I'm not used to that type of treatment. Hey, man, you're, well, you're a, hang on a second. You're a star now. Like, this is, I'm pretty sure when you walk into a room, it's going to have to be that type of introduction. <clears throat> Everybody yeah, make, 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 make way. Max <laughs> McGee is entering the room. I believe that's the You are thing. making my head bigger than what it should be, man. I got to keep the humility. I, I, I saw, appreciate it. I saw a post on social media from you the other day, and I didn't, I didn't know anything about your journey, so I think this is a really cool story. Uh, for those that don't know, five years ago at this point, what did your life look like, Max McGee? Well, five years ago, I was working at Capitol Grill um, as a server assistant, which is just a glorified name for... Uh, bus boy, um, getting about $12 an hour, <clears throat> just putting in the work, putting in the grind. And I was trying to get my way into the broadcast journalism industry. Um, I was applying to 250 jobs around the country, whether it be as a reporter, sports anchor, executive assistant, janitor, I really didn't care. As long as I get my foot in the door, uh, I was going to take advantage from there. And then I got the call to go to Lake Charles, Louisiana um, as a reporter. Now, if you don't know where Lake Charles, Louisiana was, well, it's 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 the big bad. time, obviously. That that that's yeah. that's the job you wait your entire life for. <laughs> exactly. So, if you don't know where Lake Charles, Louisiana, uh, was on the map, don't feel bad because I didn't either. Right. I had to squeeze the map on the iPhone <laughs> right. to kind of figure out where it was. Because what do you think of when you think of Louisiana? New think Orleans, right? Yeah. New Orleans yep. and Baton Rouge, LSU. Maybe Shreveport. Maybe 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 right? Shreveport. 
and we don't mean to disrespect anybody part of the, the Arklatex region, but I didn't know anything about Louisiana, but that's where I needed to go, and, and that was the best thing for me. Max, did, did, was this the dream for you, like, growing up? Did you know that you always wanted to be on TV and that you always, like, you know, I think a lot of kids, you know, grow up dreaming of being on SportsCenter in particular, right? Was was that something that was a dream for you for as long as you can remember? I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, I remember, you know, waking up before school and, of course, getting the rest of my homework done, right? I mean, um, before school and then watching reruns of, Sports Center the night before, and I was like seven or eight years old. But that was like the backup plan for me. I wanted to be on the field as a baseball player, but when that wasn't going to really work out. Um, fortunately for me, I had a pretty good backup plan. I didn't know I would be on ESPN this soon um, in my career, but here we are, and uh, I'm really thankful for the people I had around me in order to help get me there. Max McGee from WJZ, he's getting ready to start a new path as he's headed up to ESPN to be a sports center anchor. He's with us here on GCR. Max, you, you know, you arrive in Baltimore and you know, it's in this weird time too, right? These last couple of years. But but what what did you most take from your time in Baltimore that you think helped shape you for this next path in your life? Man, that's a good question. I came here uh, in Baltimore um, January 2019, so before we even knew what a coronavirus was. We were learning uh, what the whole pandemic was with the viewers at the same time the viewers were. Um, so the one thing I really take away is the way that the Baltimore viewers rely on their news anchors for their coverage, not just for their for their coverage, but to look at them as, you know, an extension of the, their families, the extension of friendships. Uh, I really learned to figure out how to really build a relationship with strangers. Um, coming from, you know, Louisiana and Myrtle Beach, of course, you, every once in a while you'll see uh, a viewer in the street, but they really won't know who you are. But uh, they'll come up to you in Baltimore. They'll go up to you in Harris Teeter at the gas station at a random uh, Orioles game when they're playing the Pirates, hmm. and you know they'll say hello to you. So I really learned how to really build relationships and sustain them, because that's really what life is all about. Uh, it's not about how much money you make, but it's about the relationships that you form along the way, and you know gaining some experiences as well. You uh, are you nervous at all, Max? Like, are, are you are you the type of person that's like so cool, calling you like, man, I I was born for this, I'm good, or is there a party that's like? Oh my God! I hope I don't screw this. <laughs> you know what? If you get in your head too much, I've learned this a long time ago. With just about everything in life, there's always going to be certain obstacles. But I feel like if they brought me here, um, it's for a reason. Uh, every once in a while, you'll get some sweaty palms, and and your heart will start pounding. You really just got to focus on your breathing and your preparation, and just realize that you're here for a reason. Uh, all the work that you've put in. It has prepared you for this certain spot. So, yeah, it could be uh, overwhelming at some times, but you really just got to put in the, the work and, uh, and trust that you, that you can do it. And I, I believe in myself. I always have, and I have a great team around me. It's not just, sure. you know, me. Um, what people may see is, is just Max McGee on the anchor desk, but, you know, I have a whole team around me that's getting me ready and getting me right for the moment. I have a great team of producers at WJZ. Uh, great executive producers. The management team on Television Hill is some of the best people you will ever meet in the country. And I have a great set of parents at home who have never missed a single word 
a single sentence in my career, starting out from, you know, when I was Owl Sports Update at a local um, TV student-run TV club at, at Temple University. Yeah. They, they've always critiqued me and, and held me up when I was down. And when I was too up, they brought me back down to humble me. So I have a great team around me. That's awesome. Max McGee, just another couple of minutes with him as he gets ready for his uh, new chapter in life. He's headed up to ESPN to be a Sports Center anchor. Uh, Max, do you know what the date is for your first show yet? I don't know the date for my first show. I just know I arrive on campus January 31st. I've been told I'll be uh, most likely starting out on nights uh, before you know we toss to SVP and then the SVP tosses to LA. I have a lot of training to do. You know, it's just like a quarterback coming into a you know a new system, learning the playbook and learning all the terminology. Um, so I'll do some shadowing, I'll do some virtual learning, get to know everybody in the building, um, and that will hopefully hit the ground running in, you know, three to four weeks. But I will let you guys know as soon as I uh, know when that first show will be because it's going to be a big one, and hopefully it's one that's going to be one of thousands. Everybody has theirs. Who was your favorite Sports Center anchor growing up? Who was, who was the person that, like, when you saw they were working, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm sitting down, I'm joining this hour of my life? Man, I, I don't know if it was – one in particular, it was really a multitude of them, um, and it really wasn't everybody you know who was at ESPN. Of course, the the main one that everybody gravitates to is Stuart Scott, yeah. but there was also uh, Hannah Storm, Rich Eisen, Kenny Maine, and then I really looked to you know my local um, news anchors and sports anchors. I grew up in the Philadelphia market, so I looked at Jim Gardner and Rick Williams and Beasley Reese, and then. Uh, more on the national stage. There was Mike Hill as I grew up, and um, you know Kevin Harlan. I think Kevin Harlan is Kevin one a of genius, the best man. Um, yeah, he's. I think he is just a genius on TV and radio, and you can gain a lot of inspiration and knowledge just from you know listening to him for thirty minutes. Uh, everyone knows Kevin Harlan from you know when he made that famous Lamar Jackson call. He broke his ankles. He's, he's Houdini. But, he is Houdini, but he is some of the one of the best ad libbers in the game, and uh, I mold, kind of mold my game after you know a multitude of play, of, of anchors. Um, give me the uh, one more. Give me the moment that you experienced in Baltimore, whether it's personal or professional. Right, the moment that you experienced during your time here that meant the most to you. Man, um, it, it, it was it's a bittersweet moment, and it was actually one of the sadder days in Baltimore, but it was the Labyrinth Road uh, house explosion mm. in August 2020. That was a day that uh, that came up out of nowhere, and that tested me professionally uh, as a broadcaster. We had just got uh, finished the CBS cut-ins for the morning news. I was at my desk and uh, really doing nothing. I was just getting ready for uh, the noon broadcast, and then my uh, executive producer, Miranda Belay, walked up to me. She said, there's been a house explosion just down the street. You need to put your suit back on and get ready. I said, all right, what do we know? She said, That's, there's nothing. We know of a house explosion. Just get to the desk in five minutes. We're going on the air. Mm. Four hours later of solo anchoring with no teleprompter uh, and just video of live video of that house um, from, you know, Chopper 13, and we, then we had a team of reporters that was the biggest test of my career, um, but we flourished. We won awards for it. We did a great job. I think we were number one in the ratings, but for me uh, personally, that proved that I can do it. 
um, and that I was ready for the next step of my career. And it was all thanks to, you know, a wonderful team at WJZ putting me in the right position and also for believing in me. But at the end of the day, that solidified all the work that I put in. I believed in myself, and it brought me to ESPN. Very good, man. Uh, Max McGee, we're so happy for you, bro. Congratulations. Uh, at Max McGee TV is where people follow you on Twitter. What about Instagram, Max? Uh, weapons of Max Destruction. Love it. Oh, that's so good. Weapons of Max Destruction on Instagram. Give him a follow there. Max, congratulations, man. Seriously, it's awesome to see this uh, this type of success for someone who's put in the work and has busted their ass to get that opportunity. Best of luck to you in Bristol. We're going to stay in touch, all right? Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Stay up, all right? Max McGee from uh, WJZ. He's getting ready to head up the ESPN to be a sports center anchor, which uh, I think is a lot of uh, people's dream when they get into this business that they can get up there and, and, and get a gig like that. So it's very cool. We're very happy for Max. Appreciate him taking a couple of minutes for us this morning to tell us all about it. Whew. Like nothing happened, right? Everything's good, right? Nothing, nothing went wrong today. Everything's, everything's just, 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 just peachy, peachy keen. Sailing. Oh yeah, real smooth. We're gonna do our best to uh, to make it work uh, perfectly from here on out. As um, if you weren't with us at the start of today's show, we had a a a disaster, an utter and complete disaster to start off the day. Uh, but that's all right. We got still a lot more to do on the show. Jeff Ehrman from Inside MD Sports, Greg Rosenthal. We'll talk a little bit about the NFL playoffs, a lot about the Novak Djokovic situation. Which, I mean, I imagine caring about, imagine being so passionate about something that in no ways helps you. There is no benefit. We can debate about whether or not you you have to get vaccinated all you want. What we know for sure is there is zero benefit to not being vaccinated. There's just no benefit to it whatsoever. Imagine caring so much about that that you're willing to risk a place in history because of it. Just imagine that. Imagine believing in something that is in no ways beneficial to you. And Lord knows what the reasoning is. Again, whatever your reasoning is. There is no argument. It, it does not benefit you to not be vaccinated in any way. No benefit to it whatsoever. And you believe in that so much that you're willing to risk whether or not you can break the record for all-time Grand Slams won at the place where you win literally every year. Just imagine that. Imagine that being the way. I, it's amazing to me. That you care so deeply and so much about not doing this thing that you're willing to do that. What does it say about somebody? I have no idea. I have no clue. Somebody would say it's the height of stupidity, right? Like I, I, I think so. But if you know the, if you know there's a chance that it's going to alter your pursuit of history, and you do it anyway, I, 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 mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's, it's one of the most. It's truly one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen. And I get it. Part of it is is seriously when you're privileged, you believe that you will forever be able to get around the rules, right? Like I I'm I don't think you understand. I'm Novak Djokovic. The rules don't apply to me. And this has got to be alarming for him. This has got to be an all time I need to see your manager situation, right? Like, no, there's got to be somebody else. There's don't you know who I am? Don't you know I'm Novak Djokovic? You can't kick me out of the country. I'm the tennis player. You're hosting a tennis tournament. I'm the one everybody's coming to see. 
it's it, this isn't a, it doesn't register here in this country because it's happening on the other side of the world and because we've got football playoffs to worry about. This is one of the most remarkable stories in the history of sport. And he's still got one more appeal that he can go through and one more last-ditch hope. Um, and the word from, from people in Australia is this is very unlikely that this appeal will work. I know he got it on the first appeal, but this, like, this person that made this decision is the ultimate authority when it comes to anything related to immigration in Australia. So this person making the decision, there's almost no chance it gets overturned. So is this a decision that keeps him from coming back to the country for three years? There's apparently another thing that he can appeal that like might... Like, the way that it's supposed to work is, yes, this decision would be the one that would say you can't come back for three more years, which is unreal. Um, but there's apparently, an, you can appeal that part of it as well, and there are some people that think that, like, maybe they'd be more willing to give on that side of it, but, mm-hmm. like, the the general consensus is they're not going to give about playing tennis next week. Like, you're you're just not playing tennis next week. It ain't it ain't happening. But um, I, there is still one more appeal to go through before we know that. Anyway, we'll talk more about that with Greg Rosenthal. And uh, also this morning, Drew Forrester is going to join us. So that's all on the way. But we need to see if uh, we can we can play some breaks. That's the first thing we need to figure out if we can do. And then we'll chat with Jeff Ehrman next. Uh, Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest car. Right. Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com from all of the biggest games to the smallest events, make every bet worth your while at MyBookie. Start by doubling your first deposit instantly with MyBookie's first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Double your money before you even place a bet, and all you have to do is sign up and deposit using the exclusive promo code PRESSBOX at MyBookie.ag. If your first deposit is $100, MyBookie adds $100 so you can start with $200 to play with. If your first deposit is $1,000, MyBookie adds $1,000 so you can start with $2,000 to play with. With tons of great games and prop bets to take advantage of this week, there is truly something for everyone. Don't wait any longer. Head to MyBookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can start winning big today. That's promo code PRESSBOX to receive double your first deposit instantly in your account. No hassle, no wait. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. It's another cold winter here in Baltimore, but this time there's no hot stove to warm you up. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and while there may be no activity in the world of baseball, I'll still be here every week with my co-host Zach Goodman to give you all the latest in the CBA negotiations as teams look to get back on the field in time for spring training. You can watch us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports and listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the latest in baseball coverage right here on The Bataround. Glory Days Grill's winter seasonal menu is back with comfort classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails, Blood Orange Burger, 
Bourbon Cider, Apple Ginger Mule, and Captain's Hot Cider. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food, good sports. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Friday edition of the program. Today's show is also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. KZ made a mistake yesterday. It wasn't A.J. Brown. That wasn't the receiver. Of course, he's not playing this weekend. Stephon Diggs is the receiver. And, of course, it's interesting. He's a, he's a terp. I don't know if you've heard that. Stephon Diggs, they have set the number for his prop this weekend. Underdog, trying to give you a freebie. Underdog has set his number at one receiving yard. One. Now I get it. It's cold in Buffalo on Saturday night. And earlier this season, there was a game in Buffalo where they didn't throw the ball at all. I'm still pretty sure in that game he finished with more than one receiving yard. Um, but there's the wind is not supposed to be the same factor in Buffalo on tomorrow night. So one receiving yard is the number for Stephon Diggs this weekend. Now, you can't play that one by itself because you have to parlay player props, but you pick that one. Any other prop that you want, you can max bet up to $25, and if you just play two of them, you can win up to $75. So it's almost a guaranteed win on Stephon Diggs. If he plays, he's going to get more than one receiving yard. Pick any other player prop that you'd like, pair it, play $25 on that, you're going to win $75. Underdog Fantasy Football this weekend. And by the way, we're also going to give you free money to play with because when you make your first deposit and use the code PRESSBOX, you're getting that first deposit up to $100 matched with free money for you to play with. UnderdogFantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy Football app. And again, Stefan Diggs, one receiving yard. That's the number. Pair it with any other prop you want this weekend, and you got a chance to win some money. I already went ahead and I don't remember who I paired it with. I think I paired it with Joe Burrow's passing yards, which was set at like 260. And I said, I feel like Joe Burrow is going to throw for 500 yards maybe, given what we saw once upon a time this season where he did legitimately throw for 500 yards. Joining us now, let's talk a little bit more about uh, Maryland's coaching situation and uh, if we've learned anything at all uh, since – the school moved on from Mark Turgeon. He is our friend from InsideMDSports.com. He's Jeff Ehrman, and he's with us now here on GCR. Jeff, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm good, Glenn. How are you? I'm all right. What do you feel about Stefan Diggs' chances of finishing with more than one yard receiving tomorrow night? I don't know, man. It's, it's a tough. pretty dicey proposition. Real tough. Real tough. Don't know if I can f- play it. Quite the risk on that one. All right, uh, Jeff, my question is, is, is really broad, and I know that some of this right goes strikes to what you guys do with your site, and maybe you say, well, there's certain things we can't talk about, but... Do you feel like we've we've learned anything? Do we feel like we have, have really dissected any actual, genuine information about this coaching search over the course of the last month? Yeah, I think I, we've gotten our hands on some information, but in terms of, like, ironclad, this is the guy or this is the power rankings of Damon Evans' preferences, clearly that hasn't happened, you know, that it's just such awkward timing for this to take place at this point in the season when you can't really contact coaches directly. So Maryland's hiring a search firm, you know, that, that gives you a go-between to contact 
agents and things like that. Cause right. Obviously, you don't want to be reaching out to other people's coaches directly during the season. So, you know, we've got some rumblings, but in terms of like, this is the guy or they don't want this guy, things like that, you know, it's probably going to be a little while. What about more generically? Have we gotten a sense of they want someone with local ties? They want a younger coach. They want someone who's had great success already. But, you know, like, do we have anything along those lines? I mean, they definitely want somebody who's going to generate excitement. That's uh, definitely a, a big factor, which is understandable because yeah, there's not a lot. Just, right. Yeah, have yeah. you as you have discussed many times accurately, there hasn't been that much excitement in the past ten years. Even when things were good, sometimes it wasn't that exciting to watch stylistically. Um, so they would like to make a splash in terms of, you know, an exciting style of play, go, go away from some of the things that kind of turned off the fan base the past, you know, however many years. Uh, but I don't think that there's like a set template in terms of a, a local guy and really you'd love to get a local guy or a Maryland alum. That's been a big complaint among alumni for years including you know when i say alumni i mean largely former players right is the lack of former players involved in the program but there just isn't a guy it's not like some of these other schools like duke or carolina where you have this coaching tree of guys uh who are coaching high majors there really aren't a lot of guys like that for maryland so i don't think that they'll specifically go for a certain profile i think it'll be a a best candidate available kind of deal. Jeff Ehrman is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Jeff, you speak to the Maryland fan base probably more than anybody else because, you know, you you run their message boards and all of that. What's the biggest sense that you've gotten from the fan base? Like this is the funny part to me is that like I, I what I, the touch that I felt is is all over the place, right? Like yeah, there's there's a group of people that are like, yep, we're perfectly good with Kevin Willard. He's been successful. There's a there's a group of people that are like, ah, eh, that's boring to me. Like I have not found there to be any consensus whatsoever outside of like the initial handful of people that were like it's it's Nate Oates or bust no matter how many times you tried to tell them well like be prepared for bust because that's just <laughs> not happening <laughs> yeah there's certain factions that are into like you know Mark Pope from BYU or guys like that but for the most part I think you have like 30% who are good with Kevin Willard. There's not a lot who are like over the top in love, like give me Kevin Willard no. today, but there's, there's a certain percentage that are like, okay, he seems like he might, he could be the guy. He's a decent hire. And then there's people, you know, I would say the other is mostly broken up into people screaming about, uh, Nate Oates, Although I think most of them come to realize that's highly unlikely. He's got a $10 million buyout. Uh, Bruce Pearl, maybe the most popular candidate among the fans, Rick Pitino, and then you have Andy Enfield and Eric Musselman would be the ones I think it's largely broken up of, you know, in almost equal parts. Len was on with me, Len uh, Elmore, of course, was on with me Mm -hmm. yesterday going on about how much he doesn't want it to be Bruce Pearl. Um, And I'm in a weird place with this, right, because I – there is this, and I said this to Len yesterday, Jeff, I'm like, if the story on Bruce Pearl really stems, if everything about it stems from Aaron Kraft and this cookout, you can't get me to get worked up about it, even if he lied about it, even if he misled the NCAA, because, like, the NCAA sucks. And, yeah. and I, I can't be, you cannot get me to be bothered by that. But what do you make of 
where the school might be in terms of considering things like that during the course of this search? Well, there's no telling where they are now because it's a different landscape with NIL and everything. I don't think people judge those things as harshly because they're going to be allowed to do a lot of different things now. Uh, But I will say Maryland has always been among the more conservative and PR conscious among you know, school, it's not like the SEC where they just don't care. I mean, they'll hire an axe murderer at a lot of those schools if they think he's going to win. Yeah, I was going to say, can he win? Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, yeah it's not like yeah. that at Maryland. Um, so, you know, that could be something that eliminates a guy like Pearl. Uh, there's not a lot, of, a lot of other guys on the list, though, that I think really are hurt by past indiscretions. Obviously, you're not going to go hire like Will Wade from LSU or something like that, but there's, you know, there's not many guys like that. Um you know, Pearl, I think, does have a, among coaches, too, he also has a reputation, uh, not not a great one in terms of things like character-wise and, and that stuff. Obviously, like you said, the Aaron Craft things, things like that were uh, not nearly, you know, today they would not be viewed nearly as bad uh, badly as they were then. And the thing about the Aaron Craft situation was it wasn't because of what he did, it was because he lied about right. it during the investigation. Um, but, you know, I always view Maryland, you know, if there's a guy with baggage like that, I always view it as somewhat of a long shot just because they are, you know, because it's in the D.C. area, it's more political. They're more worried about, like, the Washington Post trying to score points on something that I think they are more cautious I mean, that's fair. It's completely fair. I just, you know, and I'm not telling you that I think Bruce Pearl is the answer necessarily, Jeff. And I do think there's an argument for it, you don't have to hire Bruce Pearl to get what Bruce Pearl could bring you, right? Like there are other guys that could probably bring personality and a willingness to sell the program that that's dissimilar to what Mark Turgeon brought you over the course of the of this decade. But that being said, I, specifically, I it's just really hard for me to if that's it. You, know, you can tell me, oh, I think he's slimy in general. But what what are you defining slimy by? And if what you're defining slimy by is the rules of the NCAA. Man, I just, you're not going to be able to get me to get on board with that. <laughs> like, the rules of the NCAA are a problem and have been a problem for some time. It's like, you know, continuing to have people that are serving time in jail for marijuana at this point. Like, yeah, we, that's we, a good analogy. And the other thing is, you know, that stuff, people worrying about that or the any negative PR is going to go away after like the first month. You know, people aren't going to really drag it out. And same with Rick Pitino, he falls into that category too, although his was less. You know about yeah, it wasn't as rules. A yeah. yeah, his yeah, his is less yeah. about uh, buying players necessarily than it is about some tawdry, more tawdry yes. kind of yes. things that happen. In, in but, discretion um, as a whole, right? Yeah, exactly. So you know those things you can worry about them, but unless they happen again, you know, and that could be the concern too, maybe that it happens again and it's part of their character. But if you're worried about the PR aspect, that's going to go away after the first like month. Uh, look, I am not convinced. You know, they got to win the other night, and that was not. They tried their damnedest to lose it, but they got to win the other night. Yeah, um, and that was that was pleasant for Maryland fans. And I think that a lot of people have pointed out that they have looked like a different team um, since Danny Manning has took over. But I, it just seems like it's it's such a long shot to think that there is a scenario by which they they start winning so many games that you have to consider Danny Manning, right? It's... Yeah, I think so. I mean, he would have to. Uh, you would certainly have to get back get to the tournament, which is a long shot at this point with their record. Probably win a couple games, 
even then, there's no guarantee. I do think he's done a, a great job, all things considered. You know, the, the team is playing better than it was before he took over. Uh, but it's just a really flawed team. You know, the biggest issue being that there's absolutely no bench whatsoever. Uh, but in terms of the job, yeah, it's it's a long shot. Yeah, that's the sense that I've gotten. That, that I mean, that's it's and, and look, that was the expectation when something like this happened, man. Like that was just the way it was going to yeah. be. Um, anything that we should be monitoring? Like, it, it's really funny to me when I see you guys like reporting about recruiting too. By the way, I'm mm-hmm. like, how how does this work? How are you <laughs> how are you possibly recruiting right now? Like, what kid yeah. is considering yeah. Maryland that doesn't have any clue who the coach is going to be? Yeah, I think a lot of that is. And I don't blame them for this. A lot of this is, you know, staff fighting to keep their jobs. You know, if they recruit well and somehow magically pull off commitments, you know, it, it helps them uh, when it comes time to make a hire. But, yeah, that's tough. I mean, how do you convince the kid? They had one player committed, Bobby Klinman, uh, 6'8 forward from Kansas, from Sweden originally playing in Kansas. He right. decommitted. Uh, he did tell me that, you know, if Danny Manning is retained, he would strongly consider coming back in the fold. Uh, and they have a transfer named Cassius McNeely visiting, uh, I believe, tomorrow or the today, beginning today. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, to get these guys, I think most of them, 99% of them are going to wait it out to find out who the coach is. And if they're not going to wait it out and they're going to commit, you have to wonder why they're committing to a school with no coach whether it's, you know, other option, they don't have other options or what have you. What's your gut tell you about Julian Reese's future, Jeff? I think he's going to be really good. I think he's got NBA potential, uh, but I, I, you know, I guess it reminds me. More like, it, do, do, do you think the coach oh, matters okay. for him, or is, it, or is it he's a local kid, his sister's there, you know, yeah. the, the most likely scenario is no matter who the coach is, he's probably going to stay at Maryland for as long as he's in college. I think that's it. I think, you know, unless it's a coach that he really doesn't like or family has some issues with or is really convinced by someone that he'd do better elsewhere, you know, given the situation with his sister being there, being a local guy, definitely a homebody, you know, not one of these players kind of mercenary style who bounces around i think he'll stick around but you never know for sure it's a really unusual situation no question about that anything on the football recruiting front that that is is percolating that's significant in the coming weeks uh right now they're just looking for a few transfers basically and maybe another quarterback in the 2022 class they only have one uh scholarship quarterback so far slotted behind Talia Tungavailoa for next year, and he's a true freshman, Jaden Saray, so they need another quarterback. I think they'd like to get uh, another safety where Nick Cross left for the NFL right. and fill a couple of other small holes, but mostly, you know, the, the class was pretty much decided on the early signing day, and, you know, most of the focus, I think, will be toward the 2023 class. At Jeff underscore Ehrman is how you follow him on Twitter and InsideMDSports.com where you will get any information um, as Jeff, look, you got to subscribe. And I'm telling you, as someone who subscribes, who has paid money for InsideMDSports.com, I am telling you it is worth it. You will get information before other people have it. That is a promise. Jeff Ehrman, always appreciate it, my friend. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes this morning. Let's talk again soon, all right? Thanks for having me, Glenn. Jeff Ehrman. InsideMDSports.com, checking in with us here on GCR. Today's show also brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. Getting the, I, 
I wanted to say we could announce it today. We probably can't announce it today, but by Monday, I'm going to be able to announce to you when we're doing this hangout event at Live Casino and Hotel. I'm really excited about it. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. So the Orioles have released the renderings. Um, the alarming part about it is the bullpen. And it creates this jut that we've seen, for example, at, at Fenway Park that, that can make all sorts of bonkers things occur when a ball gets hit to that portion of left center field. Um, but you just, the ball bounces off one wall and then off another wall, and like it just crazy things happen when a ball ends up right in that particular spot. And that, that to me is wonky. And that to me is dumb and shouldn't exist anywhere in baseball, right? Like if you're gonna do this, you gotta back your bullpens up. You gotta keep it. You can't create these bizarre ass, you know, kooky corners that that turn it from a game of baseball to a game of like finders keepers. Like it's it's insane that I have a big I've had a it's something I've talked about a lot. Like we we when you like baseball, you have to accept the goofiness of it. Like, it's absurd that the rules are different from one stadium to another, right? Like, it's an absurd premise about the sport that in one place you're playing a game this way and another place you're playing a game the other way, and yet we pretend like the numbers matter, right? It's the only sport that's like that. It's, there's, it's insane, right? Like, in every sport, that's not true. Like, golf, obviously, has different Wait, courses, yeah, right? Yeah. But in every other team sport, right. the regulations define the game. <laughs> like, they define the sport. The basket's 10 feet high. It's the famous seen from Hoosiers, right? You show up at Hinkle Fieldhouse and everybody's a net. Oh my God, look at this place. And Gene Hackman's like, the basket's 10 foot high. It's the same dimensions as in our old stupid gym, right? Like baseball exists where you're, it's a different game in different places. And yet we pretend like the numbers matter. And it's sort of like an honor among thieves thing where we're like, hey, we all know, but just let's go along with it anyway. Let's pretend like it's a big deal that so-and-so hit 35 home runs when we know that, that those 35 home runs might not be 35 home runs if he played his game here, or it might be more like 50 home runs if he played his game here. But we pretend like the number matters anyway and literally allow it to define whether or not a guy gets into the Hall of Fame because we are less stupid. <laughs> like, it's just what we are. So when I look at this, the first thing that jumps out right, is that, yes, the left field line remains the same literally remains exactly at 333 feet. They're not changing the line at all, not even pushing it back. And it creates almost like a pesky pole type of situation that you see in right field in Boston. It's not quite the same thing, but it feels like you hit a lazy fly ball, you could get a home run. Whereas if you actually hit the ball, you know, harder, but it's, you know, a little bit this way, you ain't getting a home run. <laughs> 400 feet to the gap. It's insane. That, that's ridiculous. It's insane. And it's it's quick. It happens super quick. This would make a little bit more sense if they pushed the left field line back just a bit. But they're leaving the left field line at exactly 330 feet. And then a quick, a quick jut to 400 feet. A quick one. Um... It looks like it's 364 at the marker just after the left field line. And, and then it apparently becomes 384 close after that. I mean, I say, I say that it's a quick jut. There are two, like, there, there's, there's two points there at which it turns to get to 400 feet. Um, 
it, it's that part of it is alarming, right? But again, I get the concept. This to, you, you're trying to make it a a ballpark where pitchers can pitch. Like I understand that, so I'll accept that. I'll deal with it. The bullpen thing is goofy as hell. It is. I mean, this is this is the definition of of wonky. What they're doing, leaving the bullpen as is, and just creating this new obstruction. In this is like putting an effing hill at the stadium in Houston, like. Can you, you're, you're asking for problems. Can you imagine Cedric Mullins trying to chase down a ball in left and, center and field and having to make a 90-degree turn? All of a sudden, there? he realizes it's slightly to his right, so he's got to now run around a bullpen in order to have any chance. I almost used the F word. Like, that's insane. It's insane. They got to do something about that. Yeah, they. they I mean... This seems like that's what they're going to leave it as. I, I don't know. At this point, if they have their construction plans, what no, are they no, going to I mean, do? They're not going to do it before the season, for sure. It's yeah. very clear. This is the plan, yeah. right? Like, this is the rendering. Is that bullpen staying right there? They got to think about this for the future. This is mm-hmm. dumb. That's a dumb bit, right? And I get it. Like, you create a scenario where you're, you're, you're going far beyond 400 feet. Like, you, you, can, you can clean that up however you want to clean it up. But there is no world in which there should just be a bullpen situated in the middle of center field. Like that's right. My brain can't comprehend that. It's like, like you said, it's that way at Fenway Park, and I, I guess it, they it figure just creates the. It it's the dumbest part about baseball mm-hmm. is when a ball gets hit and it's no longer on the fielder. It's on these goofy obstructions that are just out there, and silly things happen, and all of a sudden the batter's on third base just because you put a silly obstruction out in the outfield. And I get it, like your team can take advantage of it as much as the other team, but it's dumb luck. Like mm-hmm. there's no skill involved with that. It's the ball happened to take a bounce off of this weird wall that now exists and it juts out off of that wall instead of bouncing back towards the outfielder. It now rolls over to back to left field, and all of a sudden you got two outfielders trying to chase the ball and the runner batter's running all the way around to hit it inside the park home run. And we're all like, hey, well, that's the crazy part of baseball. No, it's the dumb part about baseball. That's not that's not a game. That's just hey, about how about in the middle of the game we just hold a lottery and see how that goes. Stop. It's nonsense. It's nonsense and it shouldn't exist. That's it's very dumb to suddenly have a wall that sticks back into the middle of the field just because hey for funsies, I guess. I I mean this is all due respect and I know Brian Powell's a Red Sox fan. Fenway Park's one of the dumbest stadiums in baseball. It's 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 not a stadium. It's a it's a kids game. You know, it's a let, let's go to the Chuck E. Cheese's and bounce in the ball pit, right? And like, here's this weird wall, and now over, like, it's just silly. Mm-hmm. It's silly. And yet, because it's Fenway Park, you're not allowed to say anything about it, right? Because you're supposed to pretend like it's this hallowed ground. As I said, when I finally went and visited the old Yankee Stadium, I was like, wow, this place is an asshole. It's what I say about Cameron Indoor Stadium. It's not a functional facility for hosting big-time basketball. We just all agree to sort of, like, deal with it because, well, it's, it's history. It's No, it's not okay. As someone who has had to cover games there, it's insane. I had blue paint in my hair because there's not enough room for human beings to be there, so they basically just say, deal with the fact that, like, there are going to be mouth breathers that are going to be breathing on you, right? Like, just deal with it. You, for the for the right to say that you got to go to Cameron Indoor Stadium, <laughs> wanking motion. <laughs> but this is that. 
I'll criticize another the stadium here as much as I'll criticize this this bullpen thing is a joke. It's a joke. I don't really have a problem with them pushing back. Like it's a lot. It's it's drastic, yeah. right? But that's fine. Do it. But the bullpen thing is a joke. You're just creating. Why don't you let an alligator out on the field and see how that goes? Like why why not? Why stop there? Why don't we just go ahead and you know put all sorts of obstructions into the field and see how that we got a, a new thing we're gonna add now we're gonna have a ball of fire in short left so when you're a shortstop chasing after a pop fly over your head hey watch out for that ball of fire <laughs> it's more fun that way like, playing baseball in the wipeout set yes that's i mean that's what this is this is abs- come on we can't pretend like this isn't absurd this is absurd you're creating an obstruction for outfielders. What, how does that? I'm, I know I'm screaming into a void. I know I understand that we're all just going to say like, oh, you know, you, you're just mad for the sake of being mad. I don't really care. It's not going to impact my life all that much. I'm saying for the nature of playing a competitive sport and the nature of fairness, creating an obstruction in the outfield is, is a bad idea. It's just bad. There's no defense of it. There's no like, well, that's part of baseball. No, it's not. We made it part of baseball. We decided it would be part of baseball. We did when we started building stadiums and saying, oh, this doesn't work right, but let's just do it anyway. We decided it would become part of baseball. And we should be able to make the decision that it shouldn't be just as easily. This should not be part of baseball. Could you imagine this happening in another sport? Could you imagine that? Imagine if they said, okay, well, so in the end, the football uh, in the end zone is going to be like this. But if you go play in Detroit, there's actually going to be a weird triangle in the middle of it where the the the, sta- the stands are going to stick out. And so, good luck. <laughs> like, if if you catch the ball in most of the end zone, it'll still be a touchdown. But in this one part of the end zone, it won't be. Could you imagine that? <laughs> it's dumb. It's just dumb. Dimensions be damned. Whatever you want to make the dimensions, make them that. But then, you know, make it work. (laughs) Like, make it be actual dimensions, not just a weird wall that sticks out into the outfield. I can't believe how much I'm overreacting to this. I really, I am alarmed. This is one of the most alarming pictures that I've seen. Yeah, it's not good. It's... I thought that they were somehow make it the, proportionate. Like, e- yeah, even the wall out <laughs> yeah. all the way around. Yeah, and the fact that there's just this ninety degree angle that's twenty feet long is absolutely ridiculous. It, I mean, it's not hard. Like you just, uh, you'd have to decide from like I, I, nobody can actually see this. You'd literally have to decide from there to there how to get rid of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you'd have to sort of cut out that triangle some way in order to make it work, right? And it would change the dimensions of that particular part of the outfield, Mm -hmm. but it's better that. Or, again, the other answer is get rid of the bullpen. Move the bullpen back. It'll take away some of that picnic area if you do it, but if you want to change your dimensions, you got to do that too, right? right? You're going to have to move the bullpen behind into that picnic area. And it's a bummer because it's nice. That it's part of what they want apparently now is more congregating areas. So to give up part of one of the congregating areas would not be fun for them right. because they want more of those. But, I mean, why don't we just put the congregating area in right field then? Why don't we just, you know, put it right behind first base? Well, just have guys congregate on the field, and then that's an obstruction that the player's going to have to work with. <laughs> Come on, man. Stop. We're, we're trying too hard. This is dumb. 
That's that's a dumb. They'll be mad at me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's that's a dumb part of this. The whole thing is what it is. Um, Paul, do you think there's any way the Orioles they leave the Orioles bullpen where it is, but turn the right field section next to the wall that's partially obstructed view into the visitors' pen? That's a good. That's a that's probably a better idea. Uh, the grounds crew doesn't need to use all that sitting area. Didn't know if it was structurally possible. I don't know that part of it, right? Like off the top of my head, I'd have to get more information about whether or not you could put something like that on top of the grounds crew area, but. That, on first blush, that area right next to the scoreboard, right, where you know, if you're sitting in one of those seats, you're not, you can't see left field. Yeah, I mean, that does sound like a, a better way than, than sticking it back in the picnic area, if it can be done. I just I, Somebody else would have to tell me, a developer would have to tell me if that's plausible because of where the grounds crew area is, or if you could, you know, is there a way that you could put the, move the grounds crew on top of the board? I don't know. There's... It would require more work and another off-season of going after it. Like, And they might just say, hey, look, this is what we had to do in order to get this to work this time. It's not our intent to have it be this way forever. We just need to, to work through it for a season. And I would be more win- willing to listen to that mm-hmm. if like, this is what they imagine it looks like forever. It's, it's taking a, this beautiful ballpark and turning it into, at one point, not just an eyesore, but a blight on the sport that you're playing there. Like th- you're 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 doing something unnatural to the sport by I'd have, creating this. I'd have to imagine that at some point they'll have to revisit it and say we're moving the bullpen someplace. This, this is not. It's just not okay. And, and for for people saying that they should move it to center field, you can't. The batter's, the batter's eye. eye is, yeah, yeah, you correct. can't. Ha- you can't have people throwing balls in the batter's eye. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think if there's some sort of way that like you could, could could you go underground with like I mean I'm trying to imagine some sort of like newfangled concept. Try to make it work, but I I don't I just don't think there is. All right, it's anyway they're up. You can see them. They're all over the place. The uh, the renderings are finally out for the the new left field at Camden Yards. And again, I'm not even somebody who was mad about them doing this, and now all of a sudden they've made me mad about it because they've this is absurd. This isn't baseball. Today's show is also brought to you by the uh, best of issue of PressBox, which is available. Oh, you know what? We 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 can't take a break here. We're just gonna go ahead and call Greg in a minute. Do you have his number? Do you need it from me? I, I have it. Great. Today's show is also brought to you by the uh, print issue of PressBox. It is our best of 2021 issue. It's available right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all, pressboxonline.com slash bestof. Justin Tucker is our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year. The best of issue of PressBox, which is available right now. From Dan. Dan says, Glenn, I too was alarmed, maybe not as angry as you are about the bullpen thing, but the way that you're describing it is absolutely accurate. What do you think? I, I, Dan, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not there. I know that Mike Elias is talking today. I just don't, I don't, I don't know. I would need to get more answers. And maybe somebody already has an answer and I just haven't seen it yet, right? But, like, it's, that's, it's not, that's not a, that's bad. I, I, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be nice about it. Like, uh, th- thank you. Jordan, you can pull Jordan up. You can uh, turn Jordan's microphone on. What'd you just say? Say it into the microphone. Yeah, like I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Someone's going to run into that 90 degree and, and, break, 100%. and break a rib or you're something. Gonna be, you're going to be fi- chasing after a ball, keeping your, and all of a sudden there's going to be this. Uh, just dumb. This is just dumb. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> Proctor, sign me up for wipeout wiffle ball. <laughs> Still dumb for professional baseball, but it sounds fun. Yeah, if we were playing wiffle ball, we could play it on the wipeout course. I'm not opposed to it. You want to you want to set up um you know one of those obstacle courses and and play wiffle ball through there by all means. But this is major league baseball that we're talking about. There shouldn't just be a dumb obstruction sitting out in left center field because funsies. 
is bad. There's no getting around it. It's just bad. Plain and simple. And from from uh, uh, John from Little Rock, what kind of organization doesn't address the media with all their plans, baffling how tone deaf they are? I believe Michael Elias. I, I, my understanding was he was going to be available today. I don't know if he's already been. He's already talked, or it's still coming. Uh, but that was part of them uh, putting the renderings out today, as they are talking about it, and hopefully we'll get an answer related to this bullpen. It's so bad. Like I can't. I just can't believe it. <laughs> Like, I, I actually can't believe how worked up I am about it. Like, this is Bush League. Just having the bullpen sitting out in the middle of left center field. And it's that's Bush League stuff, man. They legitimately guaranteed said, well, the Red Sox have it. They'll be okay for us. So, it, 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 but it doesn't make any so sense. so bad. You're, and you're, you're uglifying, if that's a word, Again, your ballpark. Again, this, this ballpark, that every, it's this gorgeous ballpark. And you're like, well, let's just make it wonk. I mean, again, why not just put a hill in center field? Why not just do more dumb things? If this is what we're going to be, why not just create a wipeout course and see if they can play baseball on it? It's insane. All right. Speaking of insane, the situation in Australia. Uh, joining us now, of course, he is the uh, host of the very popular show, Courts of Thunder, which uh, may return at some point, but we can't do it for the Australian. It's just too much. Um, and he, you might, you might, maybe you see him on around the NFL and the NFL Network and Game Day View. Like maybe you've you've heard of those lesser shows. He is our friend Greg Rosenthal, and he's back with us now here on GCR. What's going on, buddy? I don't know. I, we, maybe we do have to bring back our, our tennis podcast to talk about tennis, like the Djokovic story. <laughs> that's for the Glenn Clark radio show. <laughs> I, you know, that's that's ugliness. But the the the, the the forehands, the backhands, I'm looking forward to that. I do. I Look, as you know, you and I actually care about the tennis part. Um, and I, I am excited about it, no matter who's playing in this thing. But I, this story is what... I, I, tr- I really try to come up with a comparison for anything that's like this in sports history. And I don't know that there is, because I still think we are not... Fo- like, what if Rafi on the doll wins the Australian Open now? And... Even though Novak beat him last year, like he'd probably still be the betting favorite at the French Open. The, the history could be seriously altered by what's happened over the last couple of days and Novak Djokovic's, whatever reasons, unwillingness to get vaccinated. Like th- This is a serious potential moment in the history of the sport of tennis. That, that's true, and yet there's, there's definitely no precedent in any sport. I mean, it... There's never been a global pandemic that interrupted international sport as we know it right. like this. And there's certainly never been the best player in that sport breaking from literally 99% of um, his coworkers. By the way, uh, who he was supposed to be leading as like the head of a new you know, right. players association. That's right. Um, by, you know, refusing to get vaccinated and, you know, the story could change by tomorrow. Right now, he supposedly could be deported again, but that that appeal is up tomorrow too. And they, they did announce. I don't know if you noticed that the bottom, the top half of the draw that he is in is Monday. So there is there is like less time remaining here for for them to make a final final decision. Who who knows? So, I'm not a lawyer. So the thought, I guess, is that the appeal could be heard on Sunday. The sense that I get from the people over there, though, is that like that there was a chance he was winning the appeal of the last ruling. Like, they don't think there's much of a chance of this one being overturned. Like, the sense that I get is, is and whoever this, this person is that made this final decision, like, the idea is that they get to make the final decision. Like, that's it. Like, that's just the way that it goes. And I, I, I'll just imagine believing – I just – Greg, I can't get over this. 
Whatever people feel about not, you know, vaccinations, that's whatever it is, that's your opinion. But what we can't, there's no debate about is that there is no benefit to a human being of not being vaccinated. Like, you can say whatever you want about the There's no benefit that comes from not being vaccinated. And the idea of you caring so deeply about something that does not help you in any way that you're willing to risk a part, place of history and someone who clearly cares a great deal about that, I, I'm staggered by this. I'm floored by it and maybe the answer is just like you're so privileged that you refuse to believe that the rules could ever you know have anything to do with you but it is amazing to me that a human being is making these decisions well i think it's just human nature you know a bad side of it it's stubbornness it's you know it, I, I did wonder how how funny it would be if a week ago when he first got to australia and all this popped up he was like Oh, okay, I'll take it now. Right, right. Like I, I really <laughs> because would. Because that would have been that would have been a totally logical response, and the story would have ended, and everyone would have been like, ah, "Good job by Djokovic," you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and they would have gotten to play, and they would have found some way for him to play to whatever the fourteen day thing is. They wouldn't have cared. They, but that he decided not to, and it's. Oh, Greg, you still there? All right, let's see if we can uh, can't get Greg back. I know I know he's driving right now, and he was willing to do this, and I appreciate that because he's a very busy man with very many shows to do on NFL Network. So we were trying to work this out that we could get him on here. Uh, but Greg Rosenthal with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Yeah, at that point, right? Like if jo- if Novak Djokovic just shows up in Australia and gets vaccinated, not only does this go away, but in a way he can go back to being popular again. Like he would get cheered when he stepped out onto the court for for doing the quote-unquote right thing. And I'm not really even here to have that debate about what's the right thing and all that. But, like, he, he could have utterly just rewritten his history by sort of sucking it up and saying, all right, fine, just give me this, this stupid jab. And it would, it would make people's opinion of Novak Djokovic change just because he was willing to do it. Now, like, and Greg Rosenthal is back with us here on GCR. Greg, even if for whatever bizarre reason, like, he wins this appeal... He people are going to hate him. Like there will not be, and he's dealt with that a lot in his career. Like people that didn't like him because he wasn't Roger Federer. But it's going to be so much worse than that. He could break this record, and it would be, you know, however many people in the stadium, just killing him in that moment. Like it, there's no coming back from this at this point. Well, that might be one of the reasons why it's not the worst thing in the world for him to miss this particular Australian Open. Granted, it's been his best tournament, and he'd have a great chance to to break the record here. Um, but I also think the public reaction in Australia, where they've been living under the strictest you know, quarantine COVID rules of, of anywhere in the world, basically, would be as angry because it's in the moment as any tournament he would ever play in. And I think that would be very hurtful and very bad for tennis too and bad for Djokovic for him to be getting that in the place that actually has shown him a lot of love over the years and that you know by the time he goes to like let's say the French Open in April you know time or May uh, time does have a you know a tendency to help you know help these things die down a little bit I mean by the end of the U.S. Open the crowd was for him going for the Grand Slam he has been on a roller coaster Glenn (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's 100% true. I mean, it's just everything about this is so crazy, man. This is so – and it's happened in the middle of the NFL playoffs and nobody in America cares, right? <laughs> like, but my God, this is an unprecedented story that's just so overwhelming. Um, all right, so let me let me present it this way, Greg. If, if Novak Djokovic plays, who is going to be your pick to win the Australian Open? If he doesn't play, who's your pick to win the Australian Open? 
Well, you know I'm a wishful thinking guy, so I'll take uh, I'll take Medvedev. Yeah. Either way, and um, and I don't know. I I never bet when Naomi is in form and she looked pretty good in the tournament before. I'm not going against Osaka on a hard court. Um, I, you know, I said that, and I put a bet in last June for her to win the U.S. Open despite everything, and I felt really silly about that because <laughs> that, that clearly was just lost money at that point. Um, but is that an emotional pick, or is that a pick with your brain? Well, both of them, I think, are a little emotional. But, yeah, yeah Djokovic, this, this buildup has messed up with his preparation. Unquestionably. Now, he'll, he'll, you know, if he plays, he'll warm into the tournament. Medvedev also has been a, a little up and down, but, like, he got over... I think his rest while he was playing the warm-up tournament, the ATP Cup. So he, he looks about as ready as anyone. I certainly wouldn't count out Zverev or Tsitsipas. Like, it, it would be wide open. And on the women's side, you know, it's the usual suspects. It's Barty, it's Osaka, and those two are going to face off in the fourth round, and I totally expect them to get there. That That's the unfortunate thing about tennis sometimes. You get the finals in the fourth round, and that's what that'll that's feel true. like, I believe. Well, you say that, except it's also women's tennis, so Emma Raducanu could win, you know? Like, like this is the, right. it's the bizarre nature of women's tennis. It could, it could finally be the time where Pala Bedosa breaks through, and that would be the most important story that would happen all year if that were to be the case. By the way, I'm with you on, on the Medvedev pick. I think Medvedev is winning no matter what, too. So I'm, I'm with you on that. I... I just think right now he's the best player in tennis, right? Like, I just don't – unfortunately, Zverev is, is probably pretty close to that. But I, I think right now, Daniil Medvedev in a five-set tournament, as good as Novak Djokovic is capable of being at the moment, I think Daniil Medvedev is the best player, at, It's particularly on hard-court tennis at the moment. It's... Yeah, it's tough for me to say anyone is better than Djokovic uh, when he's, you know, been number one the last couple of I years. I hear you. And, and in a big spot, if he actually gets out there – I mean, that's the thing. If you're a tennis fan and you've rooted for Federer, you've rooted for different guys over the year that aren't Novak Djokovic, you have this creeping feeling like AFC East fans had about Tom Brady. That, I don't care what the Patriots did in the regular season. When the playoffs start, I think Tom Brady's going to win it. And that's kind of how I, I still feel like Djokovic will somehow change identities, like enter under a different name, and at the end, You'll be like, I just won the tournament unvaccinated. Like, that's what'll happen. Oh, God, you're so right about that. All right, uh, before I let you go, who's who's your who's your favorite in the AFC right now? Ooh. Um, you know, in, in my heart, I, I still believe the Bills are going to get this thing done, that the, that the AFC title game will be Bills Chiefs like, like we thought it was before week one, and that the Bills, even though they, they don't really have the regular season resume, I – I just think they have the team that can do it, and Josh Allen scares me a lot that this might be their time. I, I am actually with you, by the way. I actually, you know, wow. I, now this is the weird part. I it's it maybe is a little bit hard for me too, right? Because I I've come around. I like the Bills, right? Like now that the Ravens are out of this, and I can just talk about this openly. I like the Bills. Wow. I like Josh. I know. I, you're I a Patri- Greg, you're a Patriots fan. I understand that. Yeah. I like the Bills. I like Josh Allen. I like Stephon Diggs. Like I like everything they've done. And their fan base, like, I, I genuinely feel something for them. Like, they're, it's such a good fan base that has been through so much that it would be a really cool story to me to see them it all pay off with them winning the Super Bowl, which would be deserved at this point. But, you know, Tom Brady's still in the playoffs, unfortunately. <laughs> and, you know, I, in, until proven otherwise, I'm almost going to assume that Tom Brady's going to end up winning the Super Bowl. I wow. just, I, I mean, come on, man. I just... It's, 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 it's deeper than that, 
deeper in the NFC. I, I really do think the top four seeds in the NFC all have a chance. I think people are sleeping on the Cowboys a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, and the Bills could lose this weekend. Like, it's possible. But people get too worked up, like, looking at what happened over the 17-game regular season. I throw that out a little bit right now and in current form in out right now. Josh Allen's playing great. Their defense is great. They've been there. Like, it feels on some level like it's their time, and I think they'll be ready. They have a nice combination of continuity, like experience, but youth. You know, it's it's all, to me, it feels like it's a perfect time for them. It could be the Chiefs, too, but I think that'll be the AFC title. You and, by the way, you and I didn't even get to have conversation about you. You, you were so much higher than Tyler Huntley than I was, man. Like, you... You you really believe Tyler Huntley was a, like an NFL quarterback, don't you? I still do. Uh, you know, you're 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 killing him for that last week, and it was a bad uh, game, and it was it was raining, and eh. look, he had a terrible he had a terrible game. Second year starters are going to do that. I get that. I, I think I think he could have just to you know bring another Baltimore backup that came out of nowhere, a very tight Tyrod Taylor type career, and that's like would be an amazing result for any. You know, NFL quarterback, oh, much I, less an undrafted quarterback. Agreed. Agreed on that part of it, right? Like, if you can okay, be Tyrod well, Taylor, that's remarkable. But well, that's, a, that's, that's a fine, that's a fine, Glenn Clark. That's that's one of the best backups in the league. I don't – but you had him as your 18th quarterback, right? <laughs> you had him number that, 18. That week, that week he was. Tell me who are the guys this year that were, like, particularly better. That's, a, I guess, where I'm getting at. Like, yeah. was he better or worse than Baker Mayfield? or Daniel Jones, or well, certainly Trevor Lawrence and these rookies. Like, no, he was at their level. I, I, or the only thing I would say, Greg, I think that he was being asked to do certain things, and as soon as the NFL realized he couldn't throw the ball downfield, then this was always going to happen. Like, he just is not a downfield thrower of the ball. And, like, that's that's always – I think the problem for me was that, like, people in Baltimore were getting carried away. Like, well, you know, maybe you could save something. Like, and that was always stupid. Or maybe you could trade him for a second-round pick. Like, stop. Stop. He's a backup quarterback. It's a it's a nice story. And I don't dislike Tyler Huntley. I think it's a really neat story that an undrafted free agent is finding his way to having a role in the NFL. But in order to be a real NFL quarterback, you have to be able to deliver. And I know somebody would wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Tom Brady didn't do it for a long time. But you have to. You have to be able to be a good downfield thrower of the football. And and there's just nothing that suggests that he's that. But you, can, you can improve that. And the other stuff that he does is, is advanced. Again, I, I don't necessarily agree. First of all, you know, Alex Smith. Guys who haven't been great at throwing the football, they, they improve. But it's, it's improving your right to being, like, an average starting quarterback. But that's that's pretty good. Like, it, put it this way. A, a year from now, let's look what, where Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, uh, Zach Wilson, this entire class, Trey Lance oh. is at that point in right. their second season. And is it, like, way better than where Tyler Huntley is at that point in his second season? He'll probably be in the middle of that group, which is, like, incredible. You might you might be awesome. right, but all those teams would then be looking for quarterbacks again at that point, right? Like, a, yeah. A I mean, a I'm not a hater. I think he's a great story, Greg. I think it's neat. I just think we got to be realistic about it. If that's what you got, then you don't really have a quarterback. You have to do better than that. It's also part of it, like, I – I, and I mean this, I think that there were people that were comparing him to Lamar Jackson, and I think that that was as offensive as what Bill Polian said all those years ago. Like, I think there's a new... Uh, I, totally, I totally agree with that. That was almost like, 
what are you doing here? Yep. What, that has nothing to do with Lamar Jackson. You don't need to replace your great quarterback. Right. You just found another pretty good quarterback. Uh, it's a great. It, it's a good problem to have to think that your backup quarterback can maybe win you a game if you have to. And and if you had to play him for six games, you're probably not going to win six games. But if it, if you end up next year and the Ravens get a fourth place schedule, needing to have Tyler Huntley play against the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think he could beat the Jacksonville Jaguars next year. And so with that in mind, I'm good with him being the backup quarterback here. I think that's a good problem to have if that's the case. He was in a terrible situation too. Right. I mean, their defense, I get it. Their defense stunk. The offensive line stunk. I think you're not giving him enough credit. If he can be a, a relatively average starting starting quarterback, and you're on the Baltimore Ravens then you can almost beat any team in a given game. And over even a six-game stretch, you can go 4-2 and two against decent competition. And that, that's what I'm trying to do. When he got the ball back at the end of the Rams game with 50 seconds left and threw the ball underneath in the middle of the field twice without timeouts, I, I don't, you know, you can be your first year, second year, third year, fourth year. If you've played organized football before, it's just you can't do that. Like, you, you know you can't do that. And that was utterly alarming for me that something like that played out. Like, you, you just – that you're losing – that's how you lose. You lose football games because of things like that. But this is more time than we should have spent on Tyler Huntley today. I love you, buddy. Uh, at Greg Rosenthal with two Gs. If, if we – you're so busy that I don't even know if it's possible. If you get bored at some point, you say, hell, let's get together on the horn and we'll do 20 minutes talking about tennis, we'll do it. I can't, I can't stay up all night. I'll you, do it. You get the advantage of watch, being on the West Coast, so you can watch a little bit more than I can. Oh yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm all about the the West Coast timing for the NFL and for Australia. Yeah, it's a benefit. Uh, around the NFL, NFL game day view, and of course uh, at Greg Rosenthal on Twitter. I love you, pal. Thanks for taking the time for us. See you, Glenn. Greg Rosenthal, NFL Network, checking in with us here on GCR. He was really bullish about Tyler Huntley when he did his quarterback rankings. I'm like, what? And I love Greg. That's my friend. It's my close personal friend. I'm like, what are you seeing? He played really well against Green Bay. Yeah, he played. I, the, the only time, though, that he made a throw that I said, mm, he might be an NFL quarterback, was the Bateman throw. Yeah. Um, that was the only one where I said, man, maybe I'm it. Maybe this guy really is an NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. Everything else was he was being allowed to do middle of the field, quick, get the ball out types of throws. And, and Reed and I talked about this a good bit. The more that was on film, the more likely it was the next team that you were going to face was going to say, oh, we know how to beat this guy. Right. Take that away. And the moment we do that, he, he doesn't have the ability to beat you in another way, which is why the Bateman throw to me was the only one that I was ever like, ooh, maybe there's something there. Because if you can replicate that, then you can be a quarterback, like <laughs> really a quarterback. And, you know, to Greg's point, yes, there's still time. I just don't think there's going to be more opportunity, right? Like nobody's trading for Tyler Huntley to be their starting quarterback next year. No. Um, you know, could, Lamar could get hurt again, and he would get that. I, I, Opportunity is a big part of this. I, I have a friend, uh, somebody who's involved with us on Twitter, who's a huge Notre Dame guy, and was mad at me because I was beating up uh, Ian Book the night that he had to play on Monday Night Football. And he was like, well, you try to play behind this offensive line. I said, eh, you know, I'm, not, I'm not telling you that it's Ian Book's fault alone, but I'm not also not trying to dissect what happened in this football game. I'm telling you, in watching Ian Book, he's not an NFL quarterback. He said, well, we'll see what happens next time. And I said, there's not going to be a next time. Ian Book's a fourth-string quarterback. Nobody around the league is sitting there saying, we got to get that guy. Like, mm-hmm. we got to give that guy a shot next year. This, the Saints need to go get a, a real quarterback, and then we'll probably keep two other quarterbacks ahead of Ian Book. 
He was a guy that had to play because of an emergency. He's not a guy that's building to something. And Tyler Huntley, the most likely scenario is that he won't get the opportunity. Now, Tyrod Taylor ultimately did at a point in which there weren't 32 good quarterbacks. I don't even remember who the first one was. I wish I could remember who the quarterback was that the Bills had at that point that they brought in Tyrod Taylor and decided it was going to be between the two of those guys. And I don't, I, I just don't remember. It wasn't Josh Johnson? No, I don't think it was Josh Johnson. I don't think so. I don't think that Josh Johnson was ever the the the. I, I think there was a because I feel like I remember him. I think having, it was a, having a nice little run and people thinking, "Oh, this guy can play." No, I think it was a drafted. I think it was somebody that was a, would be a little bit younger than Josh. That's younger than Tyrod Taylor, right? Okay. Is I think they brought him in and said it's either going to be this guy or this guy, and I, maybe EJ Manuel at that point. That that that's it. That's who it was. It was EJ Manuel. But it was EJ, so maybe EJ Man, had EJ Manuel already been there and was already they he was got already drafted starting in to the fail. first round. I just remember I, because I just don't remember what year it was. At this time, this time frame does because I don't care enough about the Bills, right? Like Tyrod Taylor was not a sure thing to be a starter in Buffalo. He just was put in an opportunity where he at least would have a chance, and then he played well, right? Like he played well. Not he didn't like the world on fire, but he played well enough that you were like, okay, this could be somebody else's emergency plan. If you need a quarterback for a year, you could go with Tyrod Taylor until you find your real quarterback. That's what Tyrod Taylor is. Tyrod Taylor is the guy you find until you get your real quarterback. And maybe Tyler Huntley could be that guy somewhere. Maybe Tyler Huntley, in three years or whenever he's available, some team could say, well, we don't have our real quarterback. Inevitably, I'm going to write more about this and why, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm demanding a trade. Um, if you're not, you know, and I don't think the Ravens, I think the Ravens are going to get the job done with Lamar Jackson. But if they did this goofy bit that some of you want them to do, where you're like, go make and prove it next year. The first thing I would do is say, no, trade me. Because there's too many teams right now that need quarterbacks. It's, it's unprecedented. And that's presuming no one else retires. It's presuming like Matt Ryan doesn't surprise us and retire. Matt Stafford or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, right? Like presuming that all of them are coming back next year. And I, at the moment, don't have any reason to think they aren't. There could still be someone else who surprises us and retires, and now it's an even longer list of quarterback. There are we, we did this Minnesota, Denver, New Orleans, you know, um, uh, Charlotte or, or Carolina, Washington. Go, go ahead, you can turn you can turn his mic on again. Indianapolis yeah. is it's not it's a different scenario where like they could keep the guy that they have, but they're probably going to look to do better than that. You know, the Houston situation is similar where they could very well say, Dave, we liked what we saw from Davis Mills. He's going to be our quarterback moving forward. But inevitably, there aren't going to be enough quarterbacks to go around. And so there will be a team that's going to say, like, we just got to we got to do the Teddy Bridgewater thing. We got to do the get somebody who can play for a year until we find our real quarterback. And maybe that team, not this year, but in the coming year, would let that be Tyler Huntley. Maybe. Maybe. But the opportunity part is the unlikely part. It's just unlikely that there's going to be a significant opportunity for Tyler Huntley. With with Tyrod Taylor, it was EJ Manuel was a starter and he got drafted in 2013. He was a starter in 2013 and 20 and then 2014. Kyle Orton was their starter. Okay. And then EJ Manuel was the backup to Tyrod Taylor in 2015. So the idea was like we'll let these guys compete and yeah. you know neither one of them we don't think either one of them is really a quarterback but somebody's got to play so let's see what happens. Yeah. Today's show brought to you by CCBC. You're looking to hone your computer skills? I'm going to use these words. You want to boost your career? Tuition free are the words. Or maybe you want an IT certification? CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field, and it's all tuition free. 
From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. You know, the other teams you can put on that list of like could uh, Cleveland, of course, is on that list. Miami is on that list. I, you know, they're, they're, all these teams are saying the right things about the guy they have, but they absolutely are teams that could be looking for an upgrade. And the Giants, definitely now with a new coach, could 100%. The coach, whoever they hire could say, I'll come coach your team, but I ain't, you ain't saddling me with this. you got to give me the right to have a real quarterback. Um, there's, there's just a never-ending list right now of teams that are going to need quarterbacks. All right, when we come back in, Drew Forrester is going to join us. That's next. This is Glenn Clark Radio. You got a point. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, they were doing that bit. I remember now. It's it's the, the thing. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com the latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. 
you're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube Service Center. Ask for Mobile One. We normally do it on Wednesdays, but I wasn't here and things got screwed up. Drew Forrester, Drew's Morning Dish.com is back with us here on GCR. Dude, they're, they're really they're leaving a bullpen just lingering in the middle of left center field and saying, deal with it. They might as well put a shark pit in, in right center and just see how that goes. I think, I think it looks kind of cool. I, no, I don't know don't. why they don't put darts sticking right. out of the wall. Right, that's a good idea, too. They could just put some spikes out there. They could. I mean, this. I don't actually care about the fact that... I don't they're, either. They're, well, I, I honestly don't care either. But it is kind of funny when they release the drawings today. Everyone's like, oh my God, that's terrible looking. So so I'm in a weird place. Right? I don't care about the dimensions at all, right? Like, you want to move the wall back because you know you can't sign any pitchers and, like, your only hope of signing a pitcher if you get good again is to, to make a ballpark where, like, a pitcher can actually pitch. I, I'm, I'm actually listening to it, right? Like, I, I, I hear you on that. But one thing that can't happen is you can't suddenly have a goofy obstruction in the middle of the outfield that's going to turn a pop fly ball into an inside-the-park home run because it happens to bounce off this goofy jut of a wall that you've just left out there for no reason whatsoever. Right. I mean, I mean, I guess I'd have to think this through. Well, it's so weird. And I'm sure they've done this study. Like, it, I guess a fly ball could hit the the sidewall yes. thing. I mean, and if it does, then Lord only knows where it's, it's going to go. It's going to bounce from there. out the left field, and you're going to your left you know? fielder was standing in center field, and all of a sudden your center fielder is chasing after the ball, and it's an inside the park home run. Because well, if you put Mountcastle out there, yeah. anything could happen. Well, that's true too. I mean, you're not wrong about that part. Keep him, keep him on the, uh, keep like, him on the dirt. They they actually tur- somehow they turn. I I I really I got it, and any if anything, I was willing to defend them over it. And 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 I know I saw you just tweeted a second ago, but you retweeted Banks, and you're not wrong. Like it's it, it this has it's not as simple as just saying now your pitching is going to be good because it is going to impact your hitters too. Like the your right-handed hitters that you have aren't going to hit as many home runs in a ballpark like this. You, you would assume they aren't, right? But probably not. Right. Correct. Yeah. Probably. Well, I mean. I guess just the whole idea of, like, this is going to help our pitching, it's going to help the other team's pitching, too. That's true as well. That's also (laughs) true. All of these things are accurate. But I can live with it because I think at the end, the thing that weighs out over everything is they don't have enough pitching. Like, for all of what they've done in this rebuild, they don't have it. They have not drafted pitchers. So they're left with, if they're good in three years, they've got, Grayson Rodriguez and maybe DL Hall and like that I, I, I still like DL Hall but you know it, it's alarming uh, that he didn't pitch in the second half of the season we got to see him be that guy again and and what else like they need pitching and so if this is their sort of way of acknowledging we're gonna have to be able to sign a pitcher I can see that weighing out all of the other factors right that like they just said yes it's going to impact all these other things but in the end of the day either we do this or we can't sign a pitcher and there's no way this can work if we can't sign a pitcher. So if that's the ultimate end-all, be-all of it, I say, okay, I get it. But you got to do something with that bullpen. <laughs> like, that's insane. It's insane right. that they're just leaving the bullpen, hanging out. In the, like, let's just build a, 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 a concert stage uh, in the middle of the infield while we're at it. Like, what, 
what are we doing here? <laughs> I give them credit, though. They waited until the Ravens season was over before they released it. It actually helps. It helps because I needed something to talk about today. <laughs> and that's what I mean. Like, you, know, 100%, you know that's pretty much what they did, right? I mean, this is not – Well, I they would, didn't just decide last week to okay, do this. I dis- the only thing I'll disagree with that on is they if they think that there's going to be a negative reaction, they should have done it during Ravens season. Because oh, I don't think they thought there'd be a negative reaction at all. Um, you, you you think so? I I think when you alter a very popular baseball stadium, there's and I and I felt this in the immediate aftermath of this being announced on Tuesday. There's just always going to be a group of people that says, "Wow, what are you doing?" Like that just right. doesn't like change whatsoever. Right. Sure. Um. So I think there was always going to be a bit of that. These renderings. I don't know how you can look at these renderings and not think this is this is. Bush League. This is it. Def- it definitely looks weird. This, I mean, there is this no is, question about that. This is the hu- now. I understand why they waited to release the renderings until I was yelling. I'm like, why wouldn't you release the renderings when you announce it? Because they look terrible. Right. Um, like this is Houston putting a hill in center field. This is this is wonky. This is this is not Major League Baseball. This is you know. Let, let's just play a goofy. I I know you play golf and like golf has di- wonky things everywhere, but like this. That's not the way baseball's supposed to be. It's not supposed right. to be that you have goofy obstructions that are just existing in the outfield for the sake of doing it. It's... Well, you clearly aren't on the flagship station. No, no, they definitely, well, I mean, they don't talk sports on that station, so they don't have to worry <laughs> right. about it. Right. Right. They're, they're talking about you know vaccine mandates today on that station. They're not talking about the wall in left field. So they don't have anything to worry about there. Um, all right, what, what do you care about this week? What are you worked up about? What's, what's on your mind? What am I caring about? Um, man, I don't know. I guess I'm going, you know, I'm going through the, I'm kind of going, just going through the whole um, season-ending Ravens thing. You know, pretty much just rehat, looking back on what happened. What are we doing with these? What are we doing with the players? What are we doing with the coaches? What are we doing with all of it? And, you know, just, I feel like, you know, I did the report card yesterday. Like, I feel like even though we, we kind of, you know, we don't want to do all that stuff. It's like the power rankings, right? Like, I'm not doing power rankings. Oh, uh, well, I guess I am, because, and I didn't right. do them this year. But, like, I'm doing them because, you know, it's, everybody else does them. Right. It's so part. I feel like I'm doing the report card thing because i got to do the report card thing because that's what everybody does. I, I would, um, it'd be really hard for me to do that this year. Like, it'd just be really like, – I know. Well, I just <laughs> took the best – I took what I thought were the best 18 players – and just kind of did it that way. Um, and, you know, and I think I was fairly generous. I didn't crush anyone. I just, I gave two A's, Andrews and Zeitler. That was it. And both, then I gave, both really good. I, gave a, I gave a bunch of B's and I gave, you know, a lot of C's what, and what, C pluses. Did, did, did they release the kicker without me knowing? <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't count him. I mean, All right. All right. I don't ever, I mean, he's, you know, he gets an A all the time. I right. I didn't even count him because people would then say, "Oh, you're not a real football player." Right. So I left that alone. But you know, I, know um, a, I don't. I can't believe I'm about to ask this question and spend time on it. But after watching that last week of the season, do you think that it's time to move on from Sam Cook? Well, I think um, it's funny you say that. I almost wrote about it today, and and then I didn't. And I, I, I guess I would say. First of all, you know what I'm going to say about Sam Cook in general and punters. 
they're way more valuable than people give them credit. I, I agree with that. You, you know, I'm going to say that. I'm always a, I'm a I'm a goalie, I'm a goalie kicker, you know, fan. Um, so goalie, goalies reaction, are a little bit more significant. Well, <laughs> I know they are, but, but there's still a lot of people who think I know but, goalies aren't. Right. Goalies aren't real hockey players. Uh, yeah, yeah, they are. You could argue um, sometimes they, they, there was an era where they were the most important hockey players. Right. Um, so I guess I would say that it, it does really depend all on the money, right? I mean, it just does. I, I, can Sam Cook still punt in the league? Of course. Is he as good as he was four years ago? I don't know. Probably not. Is anyone? Probably not. You know, I mean, hey, so what, what would I do? I think it would just depend on the money, and I guess it would also depend on is, and I'm just making this number up. Right. If Sam's getting 2.5 million next year, is he willing? Is he willing to punt for 1.5 million? Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I, I guess that's what I would say. I, 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 guess... I don't think Sam Cook. I don't think we need to expedite Sam Cook. Right. But I, but if he if he's going to punt for two and a half million. And we could bring in a punter for seven hundred and fifty grand. Uh, I might have to think about that. I, I and I've thought of this because I thought about it too. I don't think I'm there. I, I'm not. It's not even. I don't, I don't look. You know, I, for the what it's worth, his dead cap is just a million bucks, and so his number for next year is three million bucks. If you want to go see if he's willing to give you a million dollars back, by all means, right? But like, what's his number? Three million. Three. Three is. Yeah. Number. So you, you want to go see I, if you can do it? Go. Go try to do it. But at the same time, yeah. I'm not. I, Sam. You know he certainly can't boom the ball the way he once could, but he's still damn good at you know inside the the ten yard line when your job is go get I would, that ball. I would agree. You know, and so because he's still so good at that, and because you're expecting your offense to be a little bit better um, next season than it was this year, I don't think the booming part of it is is as important. And so I'm not necessarily going to mess around with. You know, let's see. I, I think another team would be happy to have Sam Cook even at this point because I've seen some of the other punters around the NFL. So I would say let's ride it out for another year. Um, if if he wants to back, you know, there's maybe there's a decision that Sam has to make still. Um, I would probably ride it out for another year, even if it's at the three million dollar number, and prioritize punter. He's a free agent after 2022. I think that provides you a a, a good clean break, um, whether he wants to decide to That's move fine. or not. It's probably the way. That's that fine. I go. I, I'm I'm good with that. I mean, I, I am I. I would keep Sam Cook until such time as it's just financially not smart to do it anymore. But, you know, again, if your argument is um, there's some kid from Texas A&M who can punt the ball 44 yards and now Sam can only punt it 42, right. then it's a no-brainer. Uh, yeah, except for that kid's never had to do it in a real game. You know what I mean? Well, like, that's okay. The, but, but that's I do think but, that matters. Like I think it matters when you need your punter to make a play. And then somebody would say, well, Justin Tucker had never done it either. I hear you, but they didn't have Sam Cook then. They had Billy Cundiff. That was the decision they had to make in that moment. And we he was saw, pretty good. Yeah, well, he was okay right until the when it mattered, right until they well, needed him to make a kick. He was. I made good. that one. No, you didn't. I, I know we've talked about this a few times. You never made that kick. That did not happen. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just in a weird. I'm in a weird place where I would say, I, if I thought he couldn't do it at all anymore, I, I, I wouldn't just hold on to Sam Cook because I like Sam Cook. You know what I mean? Like I, I think he's a guy that can still offer you something as a punter. You just realize it's limited if you're punting from your own 20 yard line, right? Like if he's not going to be able to boot the ball 60 yards any longer. It's it's just not there. But I can live with that. Because I'd like to hope that with Lamar Jackson back, they're not punting from their own 20-yard line frequently a year from now. Right. 
I'm with you. I mean, we've just spent two and a half minutes on the punter, which is a minute and a half more than hey, we should. Hey, hey bro. Hey, bro. Ours is good. Yeah. Well, you, you you don't have to do two hours a day any longer. You're, no, I know. You're in a right. good you're in a good place. You don't have I gotcha. to do that anymore. Uh, what, what, um, okay. So anyway, yeah, I've just been doing that Raven stuff and, um, you know, just trying to figure yeah. out. Yeah, what, what do you want me to do? You want me to talk about the Maryland basketball game? Is that what you think I should be spending my time with? Oh, my gosh. Point? I mean, I don't know how they let Donta Scott fly back on the plane. Well, they won the game, so that helps. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, but not, not – I hear you. I hear you. It's not, it's not for him. They'd have won it 25 minutes before. That's, that's, uh, all of these things are true. Uh, that, oh, my gosh. I mean, have you ever s- – I don't even know, like, script-wise, right, if if you were going to doctor up a, okay, how does a team lose a right. six-point lead with 19 seconds to go? Right. Here's the easy way. There right. is an easy way. There's a turnover. Yep. They throw the ball in the corner, jump, make it, 12 seconds left, inbound, foul, miss the foul shot, set up a play, make a three-pointer, tie. Yep. You, you could do that. And I'm, I would say there's probably been – God only knows yeah. hundreds yeah. of times that's happened. And you would say you would do the old Alonzo morning. You would be like, yeah, I can see how Maryland will let that happen. But if I said to you, I saw the script, right? we have the ball with 19 seconds to go. Yeah. The dude dribbles it off his own foot. It goes right to their guy. He throws it. He hits a three-pointer. Yep. They inbound. We inbound the ball. It hits off our own guy. Yep. It goes out. We aren't sure if it goes out. The refs go to look. While they're looking, the bench from the other team yells and says, while you're looking at that, take a look at the forearm to the neck of this guy. Yeah. The refs go, we will. Oh, that's a, te- that's, a, uh, that's a flagrant foul. You go to the line. You hit the two shots. Oh, and you get the ball back. Right. 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 Oh, and there's a foul because the guy who lost the ball the first time and the guy with the forearm shiver, he also bit on a play fake and fouled a guy. Yeah, all of those things happened. I remember. And the guy's going to make the first shot. Yeah. But missed the second shot. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, mean, I was, I literally, I, I tweeted, I went, I took the trash out. <laughs> I, it was, was 19, to sec- right. 19 seconds left. Game was over. And the dude, and the dude said, well, that's going to do it here from Evanston. <laughs> right. Maryland gets their first conference win of the year yeah. under Danny Manning. Hey, hey, and, hey, he was right. He and, was right. That's right. And I looked up, I looked up, and it wasn't that dissimilar to when I went to go pee in Foxborough. And I said, I'm going to go take a pee real quick. You know what? Yeah. Maybe Let I'll... me just stand here in the unlikely event yep. Cundiff misses this. Yep. So I said, how much time's left? And I looked up on my at my TV, and I'm like, oh, uh, 19 seconds. Man, that, that happened quick. Because, like, I was following it. I was working. And I looked up, and I, I remember there were, like, 40 seconds to go. And then I'm like, and then I look back up again, and I'm like, 19 seconds. Damn, I said, okay, it is over. And Thursday night is trash night, or Thursday's trash night, so trash morning. So I'm milling around Wednesday night, getting the trash ready. I leave. I go outside, I get to trash, I move my car, because my wife was leaving early, I move my car, I come back in, and they're playing. Yes, And, yes. It, and the clock says 4.04 left. Yeah, which is and weird. I'm like, yeah. what on earth? Yeah. So I rewind it. I rewind it to see how it happens, and then I rewind it again, because I'm like, okay, that didn't really happen. That had to be from another season. Right, right, that's probably what it was. It's a replay. They, they just decided to run another game afterwards. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah. Well, they won the game, so that's, <laughs> that's all that matters. Hey, I mean, 
anyway, anyway so yeah, yeah. that was a good win for them. I mean, no, was it? Was it a good win? Well, I mean, it's way, way, way better than losing that, that part way. Is true. That part is true. You're right about that. Drew Forrest for Drew's Morning Dish dot com. Hey, um, uh, is Ben Bender good enough to be on the national team at some point? One hundred. I'm telling you, I said this to someone a, a month and a half ago. I said to someone when he was in line for the award, I said that kid will could potentially be on the Olympic team if we make it. You know, they mm-hmm. got to go qualify this summer. Um, he could be he could be on the Olympic team next summer, not this coming summer. He could be on the Olympic team. He he's legitimately he'll be. Uh, I, there's no question. In his career, unless something totally nuts happens, Ben Bender will get a will get a cap. He'll he'll play a national team game. I, I now, whether or not he ever plays a World Cup game, yeah, it's hard. Right, I get it. He's right. now. Here's the thing: you got to realize he's in a pretty good spot in terms of his career path because clearly he's not going to play next November. I, I don't think. No. Um, no. He he won't play next November, but you got to figure. The next cycle of qualifying fits in perfectly with his development, and I, I think there's a real legit shot. He, you know, he could play in in 26. I, we were talking, dude. To that him. kid is so good; it's crazy. He's really he good. was so yeah. good in high school, and obviously, Coward Hall was really good. And 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 one of the years they, he was there, they won the championship. Maybe even two it was one for sure. Well, they won again. Um, they won again this year too. How many? So how many times? Well, he was, yeah, they won this year, I but know. The, I know. he wasn't he part of it. He scored the goal. He won the game for them when they won it at, when they beat Curly. Okay. He, was, he's, okay. he won the game. He was so good in high school, it was crazy. Um, and then when he went to Maryland, I mean, it's one thing to dominate at Coward Hall or McDonough or right. Curly. It's one thing to dominate there because you've, you've kind of been groomed. It, it's a little bit like what we always say about college football players who go up to the pros. Like you, you can be really good in college, but when you get to the pros, everybody's good. Yeah, he. It's that. It is kind of that way at college soccer now. It, with these top twenty-five programs, you when you when Maryland plays everybody but four bottom feeders, every single team is really good. And that kid beat everyone's brains in at Maryland this year. Ah, he's man, really good. He's really good. There's no question. He's really good, man. He's yeah. really, really good. So I, I think he's. I think he's got a legit, a definite legit shot to be in the in the pool. It might take him a couple of years to get in it, but I would bet you right now, if I could bet a prop bet, that kid will get a cap in his career. He'll play an international game for the United States in his career, and I think he's got a legitimate shot to be on the Olympic team. It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. And then, you know, who knows? Yeah. Who knows from there? We were talking yesterday about the 2026 thing and like the idea, like what if the match was in Baltimore? Like what you know, what kind of story that would be? It would be. You know, right, it'd be utterly unreal. It would be one of the more unreal stories, but it's it's still a long ways away. We don't even know if there are going to be matches in Baltimore. Yet. Moral: of the story is go Hall. Is that what it is? Is that what it is? We, but wait, this really has been a, a Calvert Hall themed week on our show this week with you and Bender. <clears throat> we put uh, Kenji Bahar on the other day too. Like we really did a a Calvert Hall week on GCR this week. I was a little going back to that Bengals game. I, and I don't know, and I'm going to say this without knowing any yeah, ramifications. They, they didn't let him have a snap is what you're going to say? Yes. Yeah, I hear you. But but for all I know, and I'm just saying this because I don't know, for all I know, if you take a snap in a game, dot, 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 right. you, you get yeah, health it, insurance for a year. Yeah, or you like get I, and I, a year of, of service time. It goes against your pension. I don't know the answer, but I know it was a bummer that he didn't get yeah, it. Yeah, the game was lopsided at the end, and you didn't just give him a chance to go out there and, and see. Yeah, like, play why wouldn't the game. you have done that? I hear you. I hear you. And you know, I, we were t- we actually Paul and I were talking about that yesterday too. Like, I in hindsight, 
Yeah. I, it wasn't something I was thinking about in the moment because... That would have been the kind of question I would have asked John in, in the old days. <laughs> he would have would been pissed off, oh my but I would have said, I would have said, like, John, 44 to 10, you guys are getting your doors blown off. Why wouldn't you put that kid in for a play? And he, yeah, I, I would love to have seen. He would have attacked you in the locker room the way he did in Charlotte the one time. Correct. He would have come right after you, ready to kick your ass. No doubt. Right. <laughs> Funny thing, too, man, I would agree with him. I would actually be on his side in that situation. Well, because you guys don't have any guts. Put that kid in, that let that kid throw a pass. Jesus. He couldn't be worse than Josh Johnson. Well, hang on, Josh Johnson actually didn't play all that badly in that. No, nah, he was okay. But yeah, this kid was, went to Coward Hall. He was okay. Um, all right, uh, before we wrap up, let's do this. How many snows into the season before you stop caring? Before, not like... I give up. Before, because the first snow of the year, you go out of your way to be prepared for it, right? Like you, right. you set your alarm for a little bit earlier. You, you know, you set your gloves by the door. Like you do everything you're supposed to do for the first snow. Maybe even this. This is now we're coming up on the third one that's supposed to come this weekend. How many snows into the season before you just don't like it? it it's as if it doesn't even exist. Like you don't even think about it before it happens. This one I'll prepare for, and then probably after this one I'll give up. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying three? You'll 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 yeah. you'll prepare for yeah. three of them, and then anything beyond three, you stop. What about you, Paul? Where are you? Yeah. Where? How many do you? <sighs> one. I I think I'm I I'm starting to think this is the first one that I'm gonna just tap it. Like I whatever happens happens, man. Like, like I'm the, not setting my alarm for any earlier. I'm not doing. I'm not taking any extra preparation. I I won't put. If it snows, I don't put my recycling out, and I won't do that on Sunday because I just know what's going to happen. It's going to blow into the road. The car is going to run over the recycling bin. I'm going to have to buy a new recycling bin. So I'll think about that ahead of time, and I won't put my recycling out on Sunday night. That will be the extent of the thought that I. Yeah, I'm pretty much. This is this one will do it for me. Yeah, you'll get me this time. And I'm telling you, and I'll I'll over prepare for this one, right? Because of what everybody says, right? I'll over prepare, and but I'm not doing it any more than this like i'm telling the next you, one i won't even wear like thermal socks like the next one right. i'll just i'll literally put shorts on by the time we get to the next one because i'm just that oh i'm gonna do what i was gonna do no matter what the one that we right. had on that friday here when, yeah when we had to come in when zach came in um i put on my tennis shoes to leave so that's my, that's there you go that's yeah, the type my, of thing i'm talking about my, my feet were soaking yeah of course they were when, when, when i got here but because I, I didn't even think about it because it's like whatever it always but snows in the winter the, the first one i'm putting on two pairs of socks the first one i'm putting on my boots the first one i am i am ready for the first snow and by i think this is the one i think it's the third one that you are not getting me to impact you are not altering my life in any way i'll with put my windshield wipers up and that's about it maybe remember the maybe. time that we drove to the station in your vehicle and the tree was down in the middle of the road. Or like it was literally <laughs> yeah. a hazard. hundred percent. I remember that. Did we just it leave? It was literally. We, did a we just hazard. leave the car in the road and then walk the rest of the way to the station? Is that what we did? I can't even remember what we did. I know. I remember the tree being down, and I remember us driving in. I swear, we just decided we were going to leave the car right there, and it was just going to be. It would block anybody else because who the hell else was coming on? What about the time we went in to do the show? And they, the, the guy that was running the station at the time, who I have no idea how he was qualified, um, caught us and said, "Drew, Glenn, get out of there!" Like we right. were in after, eminent, we were in eminent hurricane danger. Right after we had risked our life to get there. Right, he called us and he said, "Get out of there!" Like we're already here. We're doing the show. What are you talking about? Get out of here! It was bizarre as hell. All right, what's going on, uh, Drew's morning dish? Not a whole lot. I just wrote about NFL stuff today. Wrote that they should not allow ties in Week 18 anymore. I wrote that they ought to have 
they ought to put let the receivers put one foot in instead of two feet in. And I wrote, give these coaches four challenges, and then if they get them all right or wrong, who cares? I like, think, uh, okay, I, I, and I'm, I'm I'm with you. The the coaches shouldn't be officiating the game. So I'm I've just I'm 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 kind of in agreement on that. I would also I, I saw your dumb field goal thing the other day. That that's that's. That's, well, that was that was supposed to be outlandish because right. someone said, "Name your wild, what's your wild but NFL?" You, but you really believe they should do it? Um, I think there should be a reward for. I, I don't think a sixty-six yard field goal should count the same as a thirty-yard field yeah, goal. That's correct. It means your offense failed more. They couldn't move the ball. Just like anymore. in basketball, oh, the, 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 the three-point shot counts more than the two you know the hey. length of the court matters hey. i think the length of the field goal should matter because i think the skill set is much different drew's mor- drew's morning dish.com at it's a hooded four hey, i it- think you should be allowed to bet on the games well, well you you are actually i'm not sure if you are <laughs> you are now hey um you uh, should create like a differential yeah yeah right. like, probably like, a, like a spread if you will yeah that's a, that's a hell of an idea should win this game by eight and a half points drew you've been doing and if that, they do yeah you've been doing that for 37 years you've been doing <laughs> right. that for forever hey um it, i don't know where we are with all this but by next week you might you and i just might have to start driving the stuff down ourselves um we got to get the stuff to helping up we got to get it okay uh, like we got to get the, the winter's going to be over at some point we need the coats to help the people before the winter's over so um we got to make that we got to figure that out you and i over the weekend all right it's... all right there i'm you on go. it there you go drew forrester drew's morning right. See you, See you. stay safe yep Proctor says I, I'm gonna have to take his. He's gonna have to take his daughter for some good sledding this time. I think. But did you not do that the last time, Proctor? Like, what kind of father are you? Is it the first time you're taking her sledding? I mean, we definitely let the boys go sledding the last couple times. I just mean more generally in the preparation part of it, because I'm telling. We all know first snow of the year to the to the tens. We are prepared for the first snow of the year. We have we have maybe even pre-treated our sidewalk. With salt, like we have gone way out of our way to prepare for the first snow of the year. And by a certain number, we don't care at all. Like literally, we don't even bother shoveling. At so we just say, well, we'll deal with it until it's gone. It'll melt at some point anyway. We, we, as if it doesn't exist I by a certain number. I can't pull that move because we have an HOA and uh, I think you have to shovel for, for, for that. But yeah, I mean, I still think that by a certain number of snows, I'd be willing to test it. By the, a certain, if like by the fifth snow, I'd probably be like, yeah, forget it. Like the, they they want to kick me out, they'll kick me out. For the first snow, I got an oil change and a tire rotation because I let Laura, I let the wife uh-huh. use the Jeep because she has a Mazda six and it doesn't handle as well in the snow. Well, as of the course Jeep, not, so. right? So well, I let, I and, let her and, use and it. And she's a more important person. No offense, yeah, like yeah, you know, she's yeah. a more important job. She right? got a lot like, to save. Yeah, um, I am. I, I'm telling you, the first snow, I'm so I'm on it, right? Like I am Captain Snow. I'm I'm ready for it, and I'm starting to feel it. Like I'm starting to feel the burn. Like Sunday night, I can either watch football and tennis, or I can take time to prepare for a snowstorm. I think I know which one of those things I'm choosing. Mm-hmm. I think I know which one I'm going to choose on Sunday night. It's going to be to me as it it doesn't exist. Like it's just going to be. I'll wake up in the morning. I'll do the exact same thing. I'll put one pair of socks and a pair of tennis shoes on. I'll wear my 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 tights and shorts, gym shorts, and I will just go out that way. And people say, "Aren't you cold?" I'll say, "I don't care. I'm over it. I'm just over it." We've we've done the winter so far. We've had two snowstorms. I'm done. That's it. Enough. I, I was told that we were only going to get. Eight inches of snow this entire winter. 
That's what I was led to believe, and I was lied to. But Proctor, you can come. You don't live that far away from me. You can come visit and 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 sled on our hill if you'd like. It's we actually don't have great hills, by the way. We it's okay, um, but you can come up there if you'd like. Proctor also suggests that we should get in front of naming the stupid part of the ballpark. That we should come up with a nickname before anybody else does for the stupid Paul's preposterous pocket. Paul's preposterous pocket? Now, why is it going to be... I understand you're Paul, <laughs> but why would other people pick up on that? I don't know, man. I just thought we got first crack. So well, I, I understand <laughs> that. I'm just saying like, we also want it to be one that other people will use. Like uh, Proctor's idea was the corner pocket, and I like that, but like we need an idea that other people might be on board with as well. The bastardized bullpen. The bastardized bullpen. I don't think that one is going to pick up steam. I'm just being honest with you. I don't think that's going to pick up a lot of steam. So th- this isn't like um, a finish this where I should just be ridiculous. I got I got to come up with like a real thing. Yeah, I would. I think that I think he's got the right idea, which is let's come up with the name that other people use, and then they can associate with us moving forward. Like that's that. I think that he's right about that. I think that he's right that we should try to come up with a name that other people would want to use for that stupid part of the ballpark. Uh, by the way, uh, John Little Rock. Yeah, of course, nobody huh? living here. No one prepares for the snow. We're expecting some this weekend. I think we're the only ones who own a snow shovel. I. Of course, John's in Arkansas. I remember from when the Super Bowl was in Dallas, like getting there on Sunday, everything's great. And then on Tuesday, they had eight inches of snow and ice dumped on them, and no one in the city owned a plow. No one. They had the Super Bowl. And all of a sudden, we had PR people coming by. This, uh, remember how we uh, booked Adam Sandler to be on your show on Friday? Uh, he's not going to make it. Like, they, nobody could fly in for the Super Bowl because the city was paralyzed by one snowstorm. Mm. Paralyzed. I mean, utterly paralyzed by a singular snowstorm that came through Wasn't utterly it, and completely unprepared like in florida they got like an inch and, oh, the, yeah. ro- and the roads shut no, down it's, it's, you get the virginia situation all over again yeah uh, they said uh, the people somebody one of the officials in virginia was quoted as like we're gonna go out and pre-treat the highways in hopes that we don't have a 30-hour backup again and everybody's like how about not having a five-hour backup like how about not having a one-hour backup It'd be really nice if we could do it for some reason there was a storm years ago in baltimore it was at least a decade ago that everybody left their cars on 695. And I don't remember why it was so bad. The thunder snow. Was it the thunder snow? I think it was the the first time we heard thunder snow. But I don't understand why it was so much worse than other storms. Well, I think thunder snow is when it comes in so quickly that, like, you don't have, You just can't get ahead of it in any way. Maybe that's what it was. I just remember, I I don't, you know, Jamie Costello is a friend of mine. I remember my roommate at the time was obsessed with watching local news during snowstorms because it does create the hilarity of, like, they... They're going to do live coverage, but they don't really have anything to say. So they're like, somebody's walking by. Hey, let me talk to you for a second. You just get drunks that are out like at mm-hmm. bars, and they're like, they put them on the news. And so he was right. It was always good TV viewing to watch the local news during a snowstorm, right? It was always good TV viewing. And I, I remember Jamie like very dramatically leading the news that night with, and live coverage of the worst driving night in our history. <laughs> it's just like, damn, Jamie, like you are really laying in on this one. You are really laying it in thick. Wow. All right, buddy. Well, I'm going to watch. But I'm only going to watch because at some point Rick from Reisterstown is going to stumble into a live shot in a Hamden, and he's going to say something insanely stupid when he does, and I'm looking forward to that. Today's show also brought to you by the Stand the Fan Variety Hour. If you missed it this week, Stan caught up with Blast owner Ed Hale as well as um, uh, Ben McDonald, and both those shows are available right now. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the Videos tab or go to PressBoxOnline.com slash video. When we come back in, Young Utes, Tidbit, Tubular to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Breaks. I remember now, 
I have to play the brakes because we got a whole screwy system. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The latest issue of PressBox is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com help.org. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition-free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, a couple things really quickly. By the way, the total number of seats that uh, allegedly are going to be removed is just 1,000. It seems more dramatic than that when you look at it. You look like, oh, there's a lot of seats. The number allegedly 1,000 seats that will be removed um, with all what they're doing. Uh, three Baltimore Ravens named first team All Pro. Three. Do you want to venture a guess as to which three Baltimore Ravens were named first team All Pro? Um, Mark Andrews, of course. Justin Tucker, of course, and Kevin Zeitler. No. Huh. No. Du- Duvernay's or Devin, Devin Duvernay was named first really? team All Pro punt like returner. I feel like he kind of struggled with the yeah, returns I, the second half of the year. I, I almost like I, in a weird way, it almost seems like it just they, like who had the highest average. Okay, him, right? Like because it's really hard to. 
stand out as a punt returner any longer. So, yeah, Devin Duvernay get, gets to be a first-team All-Pro because of that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. Jonathan Taylor, the running back. Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup are the wide receivers. Mark Andrews, the offensive linemen. Uh, Trent Williams, Tristan Wirfs, Joel Batonio, Zach Martin, and Jason Kelsey. Uh, the defensive linemen, J.J. Watt, uh, Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald, and um, I always want to say Casey Hayward, but that's the cornerback. It's uh, Cameron Hayward. Uh, Micah Parsons, Darius Leonard, and uh, who is D. Campbell? Who is the linebacker that's D. Campbell? Who is that? D- I actually don't. I swear to God. De- I sh- Devante, is that? De- no, Devon- Devondre. Is it Devondre Campbell? I think that sounds right. I think that's right. Oh, God. That's really embarrassing. Yeah. I do Devondre. this. Devondre. Thank you. Jeez. I don't know why I couldn't come up with that. Devondre Campbell. The uh, cornerbacks are uh, Trayvon Diggs and Jalen Ramsey. The safeties, Kevin Byer, Jordan Poyer, and Buda Baker. Uh, Justin Tucker is the kicker. Uh, who's who's the punter named Cole? Who's a punter? Who's Cole? This, I do football for a living, by the way. Just to remind. I mean, it's a punter. A.J. Cole is the punter. He apparently punts for the Raiders. Sure, I believe that. Oh, uh, he has got like a four-year, $80 million deal or what? something. No, he yeah. didn't. He didn't yeah. get a four-year, yeah. $80 million yeah, dollar $20 million deal. a year it, for a punter. No, he it, didn't. It was some huge... Well, that it, might be a huge it, number, but it wasn't it, four it, years, it $80 was, million. Dollars. It was big. Four years, $12, 12 million. Dollars. Okay. <laughs> My <laughs> God. <laughs> That's so I, far off. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Got, got to be able to do I a got, little got the years rain. Right. Got you, the years you right. Nailed that. Very similar numbers. 12 million, 80 million. You know. Very similar. Braxton Berrios is the kick returner and Devin Duvernay the punt returner. Oh, that was brutal. It's time for Young Utes. Young Utes is back as uh, Lil Jordan tells us what's going on in the world of the Utes. It's brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Yeah, this is where you start. Yes. Yeah. A 30-year-old woman... In Zhangzhou, China, she got locked into a uh, house with a blind date after the town went into a sudden lockdown. And she's been stuck with him since January 6th. She's still <laughs> stuck with him. This is only eight days. And, it's not like and, it's... Yeah, but she, she didn't know what Again, it's a blind like, date, the whole thing, right? And she's been live streaming like, okay. every single moment okay. of it. Uh, and so... This is from a CNN article on it. And she said, uh, I'm getting old now, so my family introduced me to 10 matches. And the fifth date wanted to show off his cooking skills and invited me over to his house for dinner. Uh, she goes on to say that he sucks at cooking. Ah! But, but, ah. but that his effort, uh, she applauds his effort. Okay. And so... She's been uh, posting videos all over social How media. How old is she, though? She's 30. Come on, man! Like, this is a young person. Yeah, just, I thought she was gonna be like, yeah, right. That's what I thought. This was, yeah, no, like yeah. And, and and so I just found it weird that she she went and they live in the same neighborhood, like on the same street, but yeah. she can't go home because of lockdown. So now she's stuck with this random person. And she, one of my favorite quotes was, uh, "During quarantine, I feel that apart from him being reticent like a wooden mannequin, everything else about him is pretty good." He cooks, cleans the house, and works 
Although his cooking isn't very good, he's still willing to spend time in the kitchen, and I think that's great. And well, it sounds like it's kind of a love yeah. story then. It, it's, yeah, it's kind it's, of sounds it's, sweet. It's, if I'm being it's, honest, it's, it's nice. Okay, I just found it. Strange. I'm going to share with you the single cringiest moment of my life. Like I'm, I, it's something I don't know that I've ever talked about on a show before. This is the single cringiest moment that ever happened to me in my life. Um, I was home from college for for winter break one year, and I had been um, dating uh, a young lady, and I'll leave names out of this, but I had been dating this young lady, and we had decided we're oh god oh, everything oh I just got I'm not gonna we decided we're gonna hang out and watch a concert movie together the night before right and like you know how when you're at your parents' house and you're trying to do certain things you might put the volume on particularly loud on on said concert movie right like so we weren't really watching the you know i think y'all can understand um it was supposed to snow that night so my plan was that i was going to take her home right like that was i was not planning on and i also was living at my parents house at the time right so like we fell asleep and we wake up in the morning and it didn't just snow it was like a foot of snow there was no going anywhere (laughs) And we're at my parents' house. And there's this young lady. <laughs> and we're, again, dating. There's no, like, we're not friends. Like, this is not a, she's just sort of part of the family at this point. Like, I was home for a couple of weeks t- talking to a girl type of situation, right? So, okay, I don't know how we're going to handle this, but we, like, we wake up in the morning, we're like, oh, God, you're, we fell asleep. Like, you know, like, we're, you're still here. We got to deal with this. Like, how do we deal with this? And I, oh my, I can't even, um, my, my mother, <laughs> first, the other thing we do, cause I, my door didn't lock. I had to put like a chair in front of the door. <laughs> like, so my, my poor mother comes downstairs and thinking I'm, it's just me. She goes to open my door, right? Like, cause she, I think was going to ask me to come help my father shovel or something like that. And she looks at, she's like, and she realizes what's happened. Like, she realizes what's going on, right? And I don't remember if we were in, like, a whatever state of undress. That's not germane to the story. And she, like, realizes after she's barged her way through this door, the chair that was in front of the door, she's like, oh, my God. And she's like, you know, she's nice about it. She apologizes or whatever. And I'm like, oh, God. Oh, this is a thing I got to deal with now, right? But again, we'll deal with it. The next thing that occurs is my mother comes back into my room. <laughs> she says to this young lady that she doesn't know at all, I, I, I went and got you some of my clothes <laughs> if you want to wear them. And I, oh, God, I can't. <laughs> I swear to God. She said, Inc- including some underwear. <laughs> oh, no. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Get the F out. <laughs> oh, now. No. Get the F out. I will be in this room until I die. <laughs> oh, no. I have never been happier in my life to be yelled at by a father because her dad, like, literally got his buddy's truck and barreled his way through the foot of snow to come pick this girl up. And he was all like, you know, this is 
this was reckless. He's like screaming at me about all this, and I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Like I'm, I don't care that he knows. I don't care. I don't care about any of it because all of it is better than what had just occurred to me in my life. All of it was better than that. I had never been happier to have to deal with a young lady's father in my entire life than the father that had literally gotten a truck and barreled through a foot of snow to come pick his daughters up from them having a a sleepover at my house. I, it's the happiest I've ever been in my life. It's the cringiest thing that has ever occurred to me, ever. Like, I've never, I, I'm going to have to take a shower just talking about that story right now. My God. What? What are you doing? Are you not, do you not? Like, poor mother, and I love her to death, but like, do you not know how humans operate? Like, do you, know, like, are you not capable of being a member of our species? Oh, man. Jesus. Anyway, that's what that story yes. reminded me of. Go ahead, number two. We got to move quicker. Uh, I wanted us to get to the two-hour mark yeah. because we were we had started the show quite late, but we've we've gotten there now. Magawa, the hero rat, whose work sniffing out landmines in Cambodia, has died at the age of eight. Oh God! Well, what do we do? He, he How do you is... work that into a name for that left center field uh, uh, patch somehow, Proctor? Work on that. Mag- M- Magawa's Mag- mistake. Mag- uh, it's yeah, not, uh, I was gonna uh, say uh, I was gonna try to make a play on corner. Magawa's corner or something like that. Like, <laughs> and so the African giant pouched rat found more than one hundred landmines and other explosives during his service. Uh, and so uh, he won a gold medal from the British veterinary charity, the People's Dispensary for Sick Animals, in 2020. Uh, yeah, and he, he was just... He, okay. yeah. it sounds he like a real sad. hero. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a ratatouille situation yeah. we've got here. Like they, where the Yeah, they, they said his contribution allows communities in Cambodia to live, work, and play without fear of losing life or limb. Wholesome story. It's a lovely story. Yeah. A hero. By the way, I, Ratatouille. I stand by this. Truly a solid movie that does not get enough love. And when we talk about the, the the great modern Disney classics, Ratatouille should be further. Uh, the food. Ratatouille. The food sucks. Not in on it. <laughs> not never serve me Ratatouille. When people talk, oh, I have these romantic feelings about Ratatouille. No, it sucks. But the movie, the film, excellent. An excellent film. My wife puts it on all the time because she says it's for the kids. I'm like, no, it ain't. It ain't for the kids. They're like, oh, Ratatouille's on. Great. And she loves it. She loves it. It's her favorite film. Uh, all right. Give me number three. Beer laced with hallucinogenic. It is a lovely story. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah. There's no, no yeah. real take yeah. to have yeah. after that. Beer, beer laced with hallucinogenic drugs derived from plant seeds may have helped leaders of a South American culture maintain their political control for hundreds of years. This group is called the Wari. Wari? I may be mispronouncing it. W-A-R-I. Uh, and they were in the highlands of what is now Peru from 600 to 1000 A.D. Say this one more time. Beer. So it was beer they made. Yeah. And it was loosed with hallucinogenic drugs. Okay. Which were derived from plant seeds. And apparently they served this beer whenever they had people over to kind of... So they just got them, like, really effed up. Yeah, to kind of be like, look at us. We have this nice, fancy beer that'll make you feel all these feelings. Now you're in debt to us, pretty much, is what the story was saying. Because people at that time... I've had a Hefeweizen or two that felt like I was hallucinating, by the way. Like, where I'm like, what what is this? Not don't care for the old Hefeweizens. Um, Yeah, it was beer served to guests at communal feasts... This is what the this is what the young people are talking about. How this is what's they hip figure with the, this out. 
Yeah, right. This is very they, fascinating. They, they found they found like uh, like old like artifacts that came from cups and plants from that era, and then they analyzed it and found that it was like a hallucinogenic drug that they put into their like they called it beer. Uh, I need to find the exact name for it in the article, but it it had the same effects as beer. And so they just knew that these people used this to make people indebted to them. Yeah. How do they, they know that? They, how do you, how do they know anything? Uh, just, just, I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> just, just, what, just, <laughs> actually a great answer, by the way. <laughs> how does anyone know anything, Paul? <laughs> how can you prove? I actually, I don't don't ask me why. I watched uh, National Geographic did a series called Genius, and I I put it on because on Hulu they were advertising the season that was for Aretha Franklin. I was like, I want to watch that season, but I didn't realize that actually they were going to start me with the first season, which was the Einstein season. And then I once I started watching it, I couldn't turn it off. It was just fascinating, right? And like that's the way that I feel whenever they start talking about like relativity. Like I'm just like, how does any of this work? How do we know that anything is real? How do we know that gravity is re- is wind? Yeah. It- Wait, they they go they they go. Apparently, it's long been known that they used beer and feasting as part of their political control, but but they don't say how, how they. Because nobody that. else could get beer at the time. Is that what it was? Yeah. Like, Apparently, this was the only. These were the they, only people that had beer. They were not mountain drug beer. They were able. To, right. it, it's called chica, and they were able to. I've known. It. I've known a chica or two in and, my life. It was a chica that and, my mom gave. All right, never mind. I don't want to go back and, and revisit that. And it, they, they apparently had Proctor was trying to guess who it was because Proctor and I had been friends for a long time. He was trying to like do the deductive reasoning about it. it this was before Proctor and I were particularly close. <laughs> this was I was I was probably twenty years old, nineteen, whatever it was, and it was a girl that was still in high school at the time, which made the interaction with the father all that much cringier. Anyway, sorry. But yeah, they they said uh, the worry added the Vilka to the Chica beer, the Vilka is the hallucinogen. Okay. In order to impress guests to their feasts who could not. But how re- would you be impressed if you're hallucinating? That would not be what would impress me. Return I would say, I don't want to go back if I'm hallucinating. I don't, I don't think I want that party. I had someone uh, during my weed smoking days, I had someone one night who put something else in the weed that we were smoking. And the next day, I wanted to die. Like, I legitimately wanted to die. And I couldn't figure out why. And so I called him and I said, why do I feel like I want to die? And he was like, it's probably because I put, and I'm not even going to say what it was, in the weed that we smoked the night before. And I said, never talk to me again. Never, ever, ever talk to me again. That's that's the worst. Like The the worst kind of person is the one that will like, like one of my Ah, friends. (laughs) Wild card, bitches. One one of my (laughs) friends, we got got Wingstop. And I was unaware of the fact that Wingstop doesn't sell brownies and he, he oh he we, included yeah, and, some and, right and so well, but if it was just weed i'm not gonna like i, yeah, I get yeah, it but, I, but like i get same, it but you still want to know i had like still stuff like, to do that night yeah and everything. exactly and, right and that's and still then, not cool and then i like eat the whole thing oh yeah and he and he's yeah, just yeah it's like, gonna be a problem he's just like well it's, it's fair. he was like you're an idiot well, uh, stuff doesn't sell brownies. recently proctor and i were hanging out with a friend and he attempted to murder us he attempted to manslaughter involuntary manslaughter all of us and i'm not going to tell more of the story but he attempted to involuntary manslaughter every single person at half of our fantasy football league he attempted to involuntary manslaughter and damn near succeeded so before the wife and i moved in together we're talking may of the lockdown yeah um I had a roommate yes. who was a – all he did all day, every day was smoke weed. All day, every day. I also had another roommate who owned the house, and she would make delicious baked goods every 
so often, and she would use the same tray, mm-hmm. and she would always tell me, help yourself. I come back from playing golf. I'm supposed to go over to my wife's house to hang out with her for the rest of the day, and there's a tray of brownies on the counter, and I've been thinking about how I want some nice homemade brownies for a while, and they're in the same tray that she had just made a crumb cake in mm. the week before, mm. and it always says, help yourself. Yeah. So I cut this big. I mean, it was it, it was this big, if you're watching on, on the feed. It was this big. And I eat it, and I get about two-thirds of the way through, and I'm like, this is not a normal brownie. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to throw it in the trash can. And I knew it was the other roommate who just smokes weed all the time. I'm not going to throw it in the trash can and have him see that and be upset. So I just finished it, and I was like, all right, it'll take 40 minutes to an hour for this thing to kick in. So I grab a shower, make myself a sandwich, and I drive to to Laura's house. Ten minutes down the road on a 20-minute drive, I could not function. I could not function. It was either turn around and be by myself or tr- or trudge through and get to her house. Yeah. It was the worst moment. Oh, yes. Moment. I it probably it, should not have been in a vehicle. Yeah. Probably should It was. A, I probably shouldn't say that on the air. Yeah, probably. It was the dumbest thing. The, 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 it was the worst day of my entire life. Yeah. All the things I've done in my entire life, yeah. it was the worst day of my entire life. I thought I was going to die. I couldn't close my eyes because there was stuff... Talking to me. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the way it would. Now, Proctor says these seeds are still available, and so we're definitely going to get them, and we're definitely uh, going to try yeah, it in yeah. some capacity. Oh, like, I don't know what it's going to sure. look like exactly, but we're definitely going to do that. That is going to be a thing that happens. Of course, uh, Leslie Nope had a great story about brownies. She said, uh, I've not smoked marijuana. I ate a brownie once at a party in college. It was intense. It was kind of indescribable, actually. I felt like I was floating. Turns out there wasn't any pot in the brownie. It was just an insanely good brownie. That, of course, being one of the great Leslie Nopeisms of all time. All right, well done. Thank you, uh, Jordan. Good to have you back for Young Utes. Tidbit brought to you today by ooh, by Live Casino and Hotel. Uh, the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Catch all of the action and bet on all the games at the self-service kiosks while hanging out the best seat in the house. Great food, great hangout areas. It's such a cool place. Can't wait for a big event that we're going to be doing there at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. All right, Tom Brady continues to set new NFL records by virtue of the fact that he's still in the league at age 44, which is bananas. He's playing at 50. Way. I mean, we just have yeah. to accept it. He's going to get to and 50. He's still playing at an elite level. Brady led the league in passing yards this season with 5,316 and touchdowns with 43. The next oldest quarterback in the league, Ben Roethlisberger, threw for 3,740 yards and 22 touchdowns, his worst season since 2008, yet he still has his team in the playoffs. Since 2004, Roethlisberger's first year in the league, seven quarterbacks have thrown for 3,000 or more yards in the playoffs, including Brady, since, who... Since, since giving that year again? 2004. 2004. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Including Brady, who leads, duh, uh, with 11,085, roughly 5,200 yards more than the next closest, and Ben, who is third with, with 5,757 yards. Who are the other five to throw for at least 3,000 yards in the playoffs since 2004? Since 2004. 3,000 yards in the playoffs since 2004. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Rogers, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is fourth, all t- is fourth in that time span, uh, 5,669 yards. Drew Brees. Drew Brees is fifth, 5,366 yards. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is not there. It's a little surprising. Um, I'll still say Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, number yeah. two, 5,863 yards. You have three left. I'll say Eli Manning. No. It's a little surprising, too. Uh, Phil Rivers. 
And what was the? Give me the the, the first. The first year was two thousand four. Probably not enough time in there. Proctor's literally naming all the ones. Unfortunately, because he's on the delay. <laughs> he's getting them right after I've already said them. Uh, Tony Romer. No. It would be surprising, but I'll throw out Kurt Warner. No. I just don't think there were enough years there for him to get there. Oh, Russell Wilson. Russell yeah. Wilson, number six, 3,786. You have two left. Someone I should have gotten earlier for yep. sure. Kurt Warner had uh, 1,800 and some odd yards. Yeah, I mean, he, just, he was out of the league by, what was it, 10? Yeah. yeah. Um, 2004. Ah, there's no way, but I'll just say Joe Flacco so we said Joe it. Joe Flacco, Shut number up. seven, 3,223 yards. Just didn't think I was like, no way, enough. yeah. Yeah, I didn't think there'd be quite enough. I didn't think there would be quite enough. All right, very good. You got one more. Oh, there, I thought you said there were five. There were seven total. Right, and, and you said were, there were two of them that you got. You said, who were the other five? You said there were... Huh. Did you say Drew Brees? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, did. I, I didn't yeah. erase him. My bad, yeah, my bad. All right, very good, very good. All right, thank you. Uh, tubular. Uh, it actually doesn't have to be brought to you by anybody because we've done all the reads so far. So here's what's coming up this weekend, totally tubular-wise. Nothing tonight that really matters. Tomorrow, uh, the two playoff games, Raiders-Bengals 430 on NBC, Patriots-Bills 815 on CBS, Maryland Hoops at 2 o'clock against Rutgers on Big Ten Network, UMBC hosts Vermont at 1 on ESPN3, Coppin and Morgan tomorrow for the first time this season. It's at Morgan at 4 o'clock, uh, Towson's at Elon at 4 and Flow Hoops. Everything else, go to glennclarkradio.com. On Sunday, the playoff games, Fox, Eagles, Buccaneers at 1, CBS, 49ers, Cowboys at 4.30, NBC, Steelers, Chiefs at 8.15. The Maryland women play Michigan at 5 o'clock on ESPN on Sunday. Uh, Navy's at BU at 1, Loyola's at Lehigh at 2 on Sunday, both on ESPN+. Plus. And the Australian Open gets underway Sunday, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Non-sports. All right. Um, Undercover Boss is back at 8 o'clock tonight on CBS. Magnum P.I. at 9 and Blue Bloods at 10. Um, Dateline NBC at 9 o'clock on NBC. You have your t- The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Cecily Strong is on there. Um, Corey Stoll is on uh, St- The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Nothing really on Saturday uh, worth uh, of well, note. SNL's back. It, it, that wasn't listed. Yeah, it's back. It's the one with the host, with, of, uh, yeah, uh, Ariana, uh, Ariana, Ariana DeBose. DeBose and it's yeah. no longer... What's that? And the bleachers. Yeah, it's no longer Roddy... It was supposed to be Roddy Reich. But then he got COVID, I think, and so it's going to be bleachers instead. I got to figure Antonoff. out why TV Guide never. You're going to have to do better on that. SNL. It's going to have to be on you, Paul Valley. It's uh, not yeah. going to. You're not going to. You don't. You know. Throw anybody else under the bus. It's going to have to be on you. I'm throwing TV Guide right on. You under can't. The bus. You can't. It's on you. Uh, uh, Sunday, Legends of the Hidden Temple, eight o'clock on the CW. Um, just say Righteous Gemstones. We can r- the Righteous Gemstones yeah, and um, Paramount episode uh, on Paramount Plus oh, right. episode five of eighteen eighty three. Yeah. I got to get on that. I got to get on that. All right. Very good. All right, uh, Jordan, your social media again? SchwartzbergJS on Twitter and Instagram. Much better. JSchwartzberg1. All right, very good. Thanks today to Drew Forrester. Thanks to Max McGee, who's headed to ESPN. Thanks to Greg Rosenthal from NFL Network, as well as Jeff Ehrman from Inside MD Sports. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hit section of the tab at glennclarkradio.com. We'll deal with Monday when we get to Monday. Jeremy Connell, join us, stuff and things. What's on the bat around tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow we're going to have Nathan Ruiz talking about the international signings and the new wall. Stan's going to be joining us for his weekly segment. And then uh, we're going to be, Zach and I on the Orioles bands are going to be taking a Dan Con- Connolly Orioles quiz. All right. Very good. That's tomorrow morning, 10 to noon. Same locations for the bat around with Paul and Zach. 
thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Exxon Mobil, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino Hotel, Underdog Fantasy Football, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Window Depot, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com, and MyBookie. Apologies for our technological issues today. Hope to get them solved and fixed. Uh, have a great weekend. Go all the area hoops teams. Do we say go Chiefs? Do we? Oh, that's Monday night. We don't have to worry about that. It's a Monday night game, so we'll talk about that then. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.